Hello and welcome to Infamous, the audio podcast. This is Brandon, or Mutilus, on Discord. This is Parker, go by one who parks on Discord. This is Jeremy, I go by just Jeremy this week. And this is Aaron, I go by Advanced R&D is the best card in the game. Keep it forever. You son of a bitch. <laughs> cut that, cut it, cut it, cut it. <laughs> Definitely cut not getting banned. Cut it. Definitely. Working as attended. We have to restart. All right, some quick announcements. Uh, Parker, you're down to 1,902 probationary episodes. Yeah, boss. Uh, congratulations, you're getting you're getting back to a reasonable number. Uh, getting out of the big one nine would be a big deal. Yeah. Uh, however, we need to calculate the bets placed at Show Me. Um, so let's see. Uh, Kenny bet 800 episodes he would win the event. Yep. So that's got to be deducted. Uh, he unfortunately did not. So that's going to take you up a lot. <laughs> I did bet that there would be two fully painted um, new Ghost Riders. There wasn't any. That's oh, going to be 1,500 yeah. How many did episodes. You bet? 1,500. Ooh. Go ahead and wow. add that in. Um, yeah. Well, that I was bet, a bad idea. That was bad I, judgment. I bet 2300 that a Malekith list would win the tourney, though, so does, does, does that just cancel oh, out? Oh, but you, you missed the deadline, though, for oh. bets. Oh. It's just after betting close. Just under oh. the air. Sorry, Parker, I tried. Uh, can't win them all. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> all right, Parker. Do we uh, do we have any news today? Uh, n- no. No news. No news. None. Alrighty. Um, so, in other news, though, we had the Show Me Showdown this weekend. It was a lot of fun for me, uh, barring all the terribleness. Uh, how Did you guys have fun? Yeah, I had a really good time. What was the terribleness? I'm curious. Uh, mostly the storm and not having power and basically working ten days in a row. <laughs> oh, yeah, that wasn't terrible for me. I was no, really that was yeah, great no, for because you me. guys were playing games and relaxing. And I actually entirely benefited from you doing all of those things, so I'm <laughs> fine with that. <laughs> I'll give Except you the several of Parker's <laughs> episodes for that. Oh, okay. Is that helpful? Is that a solve? A salve? I don't think that's how debt works, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, I had a good time. I actually, the um, the little grab bag stuff that we got, the swag. That was some of the best swag that we've like I think ever gotten. That was the most useful mm-hmm. like ever all time mm-hmm. gaming supplies. Yeah. Very cool. I had multiple people asking me if they could get extras. Did you smack their mouth? No, <laughs> I just said no. Did you spit in their <laughs> face? Uh, did you spit you on them? I wanted to. Um, did yeah. You, did you give them one of our Chinese uh, t-shirts? <laughs> It said infamous or whatever they say on it. <laughs> I don't know why you try and ruin my life like this, Jeremy. <laughs> I've done nothing but work for you. Uh, but never anyway, in, it go. All, in all seriousness, um, we had a pretty good event. Uh, it started Friday. We did a warm-up tournament. Um, about the time the warm-up tournament was wrapping up, because uh, it was just a little, like, you know, basically shake the rest off event. Um that's when the storm started rolling in, and then we started realizing that we might lose power because a lot of people didn't have power. Uh, but conveniently, the venue was safe, and uh, everything worked out great. Uh, but then upon returning home around 9 o'clock, I found out that I didn't have power, uh, which was a little annoying because we didn't have air conditioning, and it was hot and humid, and uh, I couldn't charge my phone. And conveniently, all of the cell towers near me also didn't have power, so I didn't have cell service. And so I was just alone in the dark. <laughs> like, it was quite fun. As nature intended. 
Yeah. Um, so then back-to-back three-hour sleep, go back to the convention, start the qualifier. We got 24 people. Uh, it was a little bit smaller than I was hoping, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's summertime. Um, we started up. Uh, do you guys want to talk about your games in round one? If you remember. I know some oh, people play I, a bunch I, of I'll, games. I'll start. Alright, Parker, how was uh, your round one? I actually got to play a delightful game against a longtime friend of, of most of the people in this podcast. I think almost everybody knows him. His name is Tim. Um, and he and I have hung out at cons playing War Machine for, what, like eight years and stuff like that? So Speak for yourself. Uh, I, I Every time I've ever hung out with Tim, I've had a really good time, but we actually we thought about it, and we don't know how, when was the last time we actually got to play. So we finally got to put models on the board and roll dice, which was super fun. Uh, he's normally a Web Warriors player and all about it, but he was trying something new this time. Uh, I th- uh, and now now the fact the affiliation he was playing me eludes me. It makes me sad. I can't remember precisely. Uh, he played Asgard. I Asgard. That's right. That's right. It was Asgard, and uh, I played uh, my Avengers Don't Touch Me list, and we ended up getting paranoia uh, on the first turn. Uh, I got just I got. Th- uh, paranoia and a D deployment, I think it was uh, extremist, and I ended up scoring six on the first turn, and he scored four. Like this was a pretty high scoring game, and then on the second turn, he decided to try to uh, ho- uh, do his Thor versus my Gwyn and Black Panther. I think it was, no, it was Gwyn and Iron Fist against his Thor, and it didn't work out. I just I had plenty of attacks, and he couldn't really devote a lot of energy or time. Um, to it, and I dazed Thor, and that was kind of it. I scored six again, and he only scored, like, I think, three at that turn, and he, he I was just way too far ahead, so I went on turn three on points, but it was uh, it was still a fun game. Like, he, you know, he, he saw a couple places. He could have made a couple decisions, I think. He also, uh, he really wanted to play a couple models, uh, and so he was purposely putting them down just because he wanted to do new stuff, wanted to play Asgard, and afterwards he realized he probably could have done a different strategy from list selection and had a better chance. But it was still a really fun game because Tim is an awesome person, and it was fun. It was really fun to play him and hang out. Yeah, Tim's always fun. I think this is the first time I've ever actually seen him play in an event. He's usually running, kind of like me. So uh, if you've ever traveled to Adepticon or Warfare Weekend, he's usually running their Marvel stuff, and he does a good job. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, do you remember your first round game? Yep, I do. Um, so I played, uh, I think he was an out-of-town guy. I'm not sure which group he was from, um, but his name was Skyler. He had brought, uh, it was an iHulk with Guardians. Um, and I had brought kind of a, a weird sideways take on what to do about the meta right now. And we lined up and I had a couple big guys and he had his big guy and guardians and we kind of smashed in the middle. Um, we're playing 15 points, so we kind of knew exactly what we were going to do to each other. Uh, smoke cleared and I bounced off of him and his Hulk, you know, did what Hulk does. Uh, he ended up getting me. It was kind of really the only game that, I was taking very seriously trying to, you know, uh, win, uh, so I could progress in the tournament. Um, but after that, you know, after you lose the first one, which I lost, uh, I was able to just kind of like play the rest of the games with a, let's, let's do this and keep it interesting and just have fun. So it was kind of nice just to take the pressure off. Um, he played a really good game. Um, 
He did all the things that he should have did. Uh, there wasn't anything actually that interesting. That's one thing I will say. Uh, people have been kind of mentioning stuff about competitive games and what's the difference and all of that and, you know, expectations. And um, typically you don't see that much interesting shit when it comes to a super competitive game and like expectations. Uh, you find that they kind of do the things that you expect and you're doing the things that they kind of expect and it washes out somewhere in the middle and one person's going to end up win it um, either based on a mistake or based on some dice um, or a pay to flip or something. So the reality was it wasn't that interesting, unfortunately, um, but mm -hmm. he ended up, he did get me. So, yep, that was the game. Cool. Aaron, do you have any fun anecdotes from your first round? Um, no, but I have a shout out. Okay. So I have played a total of 25 games of MCP since we last podcast. That might be a record. It might not, but it's a fuck ton. Uh, so all of my games are a blur is the, uh, the short takeaway. From that. <laughs> right. Would you like to give me, give me to give you some reminders of your game? I have them up on Longshank, So I know oh, okay. who I played in the score. But so long story short, you're not going to get a bat rep from me. But I played against uh, one of the Vredenberg twins. Uh, they're actually not twins. They're cousins, uh, I think. Uh, Zach. I thought they and, were brothers. Are they cousins? We'll find out on Thursday. I think they're cousins. Okay. But uh, they're the brothers, cousins. Uh, anyway, I want to shout them out because I just think they are awesome people. Um, and we, we can kind of leave it at that. But just great opponents. Um, good at the game. Uh, that I think they can take their game to the next level and then start competing to like win stuff. Like I think they both mm -hmm. averaged about 50-50. One was three and two. One was like two and three. Um, but it, it, at a tournament, you'll have people who are fun to play but non-competitive, right? Yeah. Um, and then you'll have people who are super crunchy, uh, like I, I am, to be honest. Uh, and then you have people like them who are fun to play and good. So like I could lose to them. Jeremy, you in fact did. Spoiler alert. Um, I know. But they're just uh, to, yeah. they're great uh -huh. people, and uh, it's exciting when you find people who are good, and when, when I say good, I mean like a good human being, and who are also good at the game, that you could either uh, see getting better at the game, because those are the type of people I think you want to uh, encourage to continue to develop in the community. So a shout out to Zach and, uh, Zach and Josh, because uh, I think they're great human beings and uh, good MCP players. Anyway, I decided to randomly take... Uh, Web Warriors to this tourney after not having played them for several months. Uh, just trying to run away with shit and uh, score on scenario. And Zach brought uh, Emma Frost and Hellfire and Mid uh, excuse me, Web Warriors just does that a little bit better, so I just outscored him 16-10. Cool. Yeah, uh, Zach and Josh are uh, one of the groups of people we met when we ran our big team tournament. Uh, they apparently have been playing in the area, but just not at a game store. And so because we advertise so much on the team tournament, they found us and we've been playing with them intermittently since and they've been good guys. Um, okay. So moving on to round two. Um, let's see here. Parker, do you have any fun anecdotes from your round two opponent? Uh, so in round two, I played, uh, somebody I was really excited just to meet because uh his name is Patrick and I saw on uh just the you know the tournament thing on Longshanks before we began that somebody was playing Sentinels is Sentinel slash Hellfire and I was like oh I want to know who's trying to play Sentinels and then I ended up getting to play him in round two and 
he was so excited to see my list because the first thing he said is, man, I really want to play Sentinels today. You know, uh, I'm excited about it too, but I, I keep playing against everybody who has, you know, size unlimited throws and I'm, I just, I just feel like I can't do it. And he looked down at my list, which is just tons of size two guys, no throws. And he goes, oh, I can play Sentinels. I go, you could play Sentinels. And so he played Sentinels and sadly I got uh, a D deployment again. Uh, I think it was extremist even again. And so he just, he was, he learned a lesson that a lot of us already knew, which is Sentinels just really struggled to spread out. And so he only played uh, two of the Sentinels prime and one of the uh, standard ones. And then he played like uh, Bucky and a couple others, but um, he just, they spreading out to, uh, wasn't enough and his his you know three costers that were around could never do enough damage to my guys because they're designed not to take damage to the three costers so the sentinels never really got to commit hard enough and i want to i want on turn three with that one too just scoring points it was still just uh it was really exciting to see somebody play sentinels it was sad that he didn't get the scenario he wanted he kind of he at the end of the game we realized and he, we talked about how he just really wanted to play sentinels we just kind of forced it into a place they probably shouldn't have been playing but it was still a fun game and awesome to play against something that you don't see very often i love people taking chances on dark horses and i'm i'm glad he was doing that cool all right uh jeremy you're round two so my second game i did play josh um I wish I could remember more about the game, um, but what I'm looking at here was probably enough to tell the story. Uh, Montesi and Gamma, um, I've been playing Dormammu the whole time, so I, I got to land that one, and I ended up winning that game. I'm sure I just blew it up. Um, I believe this is the round you walked over and told me that you triggered Dark Miasma three times on one attack. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean... <laughs> I was playing Dormammu and also playing Heimdall in there, along with probably um, his buddy Baron Zemo. So I was fishing for rerolls and stuff like that. So it was just kind of janky stuff. So I, I, I wish I remember the the game more. Oh, I, I do remember him walking into a few times where Heimdall spanked him while advancing in with some rerolls attached to it, and it was just one of those games where I think he learned a few things about Dormammu and Heimdall, um, but. As Aaron was saying, really super fun guys to play. Um, he was he was really fun to play, and we'll see more of him in the future. Yep. Aaron? Great. Round two ended up playing Landon from uh, Omaha. Shout out to those, uh, I think, five of them who drove down. Thank you, fellas. Uh, he was playing Asgard into my Web Warriors. Uh, I only have two anecdotes from this. One was round one. He was very hesitant to get anywhere near my voodoo. Um, which was good for me because I was going to steal a ship without Voodoo. I didn't need him. Um, and it just, there was an extra turn where I wasn't getting beat down by his Asgardians. Um, and then I think he failed a dice roll late um, to kill Miles with three extracts. Uh, anyway, the game ended up 1911. It could have been 1614 me uh, had Rhino gotten it. So I think I was still going to win, but uh, but there was a swing there that made the game look a little more lopsided than it was. It was a good game. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, heading into round three, Parker. So in round three, I got to play against John. Uh, spoiler alert: John ended up winning the entire thing, uh, which means wow, I lost. Wow, you're just ruining this entire uh, process. Yeah, it is. Uh, and so I, uh, I got to, I got to play against him in round uh, three, and I showed in round three 
how much I don't know about playing into uh, double monsters. He was playing Malekith and Immortal Hulk, and I have never once played against it. And it, my incredible inexperience showed. I've played against Hulks before. I've played against Immortal Hulks before. I played against Malekith before, and I felt like I had plenty of things to deal with one of them. I purposely teched against it for my list, and I knew I felt like I understood it, but I had no idea what both of them needed and both of them wanted. And I, I, from literally the very first opportunity I had to choose something in the game, which was the point value, I ought to, I just immediately chose the wrong point value. Like that was the very first thing that I made a mistake on. So there was, mm-hmm. so now I know so much more about that matchup, which is to say you don't give them, you know, the points they want, you don't give them, uh, the characters that uh, they want to see, you don't give them the deployment they want to have. There's so many things that I could have done differently in that game to make it closer. I, I it wasn't a blowout. Um, I, I, the play I had on board was fine because uh, I did know what they do at least. I wasn't surprised by what they did or what they could accomplish. But uh, I, it was a real uphill ice skate um, because of some key choices that I could have made to make it more difficult for them to get everything they wanted, but he got everything he wanted. And so, and so he ended up winning, but it was, uh, it was a big learning experience for me, which is always good to have a, you know, good, a really good player playing a, a strong skew list. And now I know more about it. So cool. Uh, Jeremy. Um, okay. So this was revenge for the brother Fracture side number two. Yeah. So, <laughs> You know, this one is a classic. Um, I, I complain about a, a D scenario all the time, and I sometimes I just I don't know what to do. And this is a classic. I, I did my best with it, and he played an Emma Frost game, and he just he circled on me. He just kept circling and circling and circling and scoring and scoring and scoring, and I just kept chasing. Um, and I, I just. I didn't know what to do. I tried to kill, and while he was scoring, I was trying to kill, and I just couldn't catch up. So I didn't really score much. He scored a lot, and that's what happened. Um, uh, yeah, he got me. He just straight up got me. Like, it was an Emma Frost game, classic, where I'm like, I almost got somebody, and they all just healed themselves back to full and had more power than me. And um, I don't exactly remember how it unfolded, but I'm sure there was models that I probably should have killed with Malekith, but I didn't roll it, and those kind of things, whatever. Um, but the D scenarios never help. They're just terrible. Mm-hmm. But he got me. Cool. All right. Uh, Aaron, round three? My round three was into our WC teammate, uh, Aaron England, a lot spell shock. Uh, the only thing I'll say about this game is you should, I won't say never, but you should think very hard before you concede a game to your opponent. Mm-hmm. There were two times when Aaron went to shake my hand to concede. To I was me. like, "What? What about twice though? Like, think <laughs> yeah. very hard before conceding the first time. The second time, just immediately concede, right?" Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was like, "No, no, no. Let's. We're not. I, I refuse to accept your concession. <laughs> we're going to play this game out." Um, I ended up going to fifteen points, uh, round three or whatnot, and then he conceded to me the next turn, and I was like, "Okay, stop. Why don't you?" move here instead of there. And then we tie. He was like, oh. So this might have been a part of like third round in a game, third round of the day, all yeah, back to he back. Was, he just, was very fatigued at that point. He had just come in the previous night. 
Yeah. I know he was not making, he, he was, he had a little bit of the brain fog going on. So had I been a little more cutthroat, you know, I just, you know, shake his hand the first time and I walk away with the win, but I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted, I wanted to play a, play a game out and uh, come to its natural conclusion. So um, this was more practice for you guys at this point anyway. Yep. Uh, so we ended up tying round six, going to round seven. And at that point, his midnight sons just uh, were finally able to put my web warriors into the dirt and he won 23-19. Cool. Good thing he conceded earlier and you got that win. <laughs> yeah, good mm-hmm. thing. All righty. Uh, round four. Parker, what can you tell us? So um, I went to round four and I got to do what I always want to do when I go to a tournament with lots of folks from around town. I get to play against Aaron. Um, hmm. So I, pl- I played against Aaron round four and it was honestly, I don't like. Now I'm getting to the point where all the games are starting to bleed together for me too. Um, I can't remember. I, I I can remember this game very vividly because you guys started 20 minutes late because you both took bathroom breaks and then you guys went to time. And so I'm over here like we literally every game was finished except yours, and then oh 30 minutes later your guys' game ended. I'm like, we have 22 people standing here waiting for Parker's game. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, God damn it! Actually, that was the second time because uh, in the warm up tournament the day before that I played against Perrin. And we nearly went to time there as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we were both like down to like less than two minutes. And I really, it was the best game I've ever played like low on time. Because that's something I've been trying to work on is if I'm getting low on time, playing cleanly, letting my opponent know what's going on. Don't try to rush them or myself, but still doing things in a timely fashion because, you know, we've both been uh, making sure all the effects are happening. And so it was a really, that was like a textbook one. My one against Aaron no, not so much. It was me. I, I stared at the board a lot, just trying to see how not to lose. It was very much, I never felt like I was going to win. I just felt like I needed to figure out how not to lose. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was an uphill battle. Now I remember what it was. It was um, it was a B scenario, so that was Infinity, right? Um, mm-hmm. And scrolls. And, and yeah, scrolls. So there was a lot of points on the board but web web warriors was slight was definitely advantage because you're going to get more out of your power than I was going to get. I had to kill your guys and I couldn't kill them very fast. I tried to be really aggressive about it and I got a couple things down, but not quick enough. And it really was just a uh, it wasn't a death by in terrible margin, but the all webbed up turn happened and it, it just caused too much of a separation of points. It wasn't a lot to recover then. Already, uh, Jeremy, how was your round three? Um. So this Sorry, round, four. yeah, round four, uh, I played Jeff. Um, I'm not sure where he was from. Um, uh, he is a friend of the Omaha guys, but he actually lives in Kansas City. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He it. was kind of, he, he lives closer than I was thinking. Um, so he must, I, I don't think he plays a ton of games. Uh, he, he hadn't seen research before and hadn't really read it. And... Um, a lot of his effects he wasn't really using to um, full effect. And I reminded him of a lot of things. And the way the game was going was more of a, are you sure you don't want to do this? And, you know, like, here, let me, help. like, are you sure you don't want to, like, no more mutants that? Because that would be really painful for me. So I, mm-hmm. I, it was one of those games where I knew I walked face first into, like, letting him beat me. Um, but that was okay. Like, we both were completely out of the tournament. Who cares, right? Um, let's use your cards, do your things. Like, let me show you what you can do to me. And that's kind of what happened in this game. Um, 
And super nice guy. The game was fun. Um, I got to use Dormammu and blow stuff up. Um, he got to use Scarlet Witch and blow stuff up too. So it, it was a fun game. He, he ended up outscoring me. Um, and there was only like a couple models left on the, on the board at the end of the game. And it was pretty brutal. And it was fun. Cool. All right. Final round. Round five. Uh, so we, um, because we had 24 people, the way it basically works out is it's uh, 12 undefeated, then 6 undefeated, and then 3 undefeated. So we had to wait until round 4 was over before we knew if there was going to be 5 rounds. Because if the pair down loses, then it's over. Uh, conveniently, Perrin and Aaron England, our other two WTC teammates, uh, got paired in the 4th round. And so they're playing against each other, and Perrin is the pair up, and Aaron is the pair down. No. So if Aaron loses to Perrin, the tournament would have ended. Perrin played Kenny, but otherwise correct. What? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Kenny, not... I'm thinking of a previous game. Am I? Oh, yeah. It was Kenny. My bad. My memory is shot from the weekend. Uh, so, yeah. He was playing Kenny, uh, one of our locals, not Aaron. And uh, it was a super close game. They were they were battling out for a while. Yeah. 17-16 was that score. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Um, Parker, how was your round five? Uh, so I got to play against uh, Tyler Watts, who is a, a local. He and I are very good friends, a uh, fellow teacher. He was actually sure he was going to drop if there was a round five. And then my name came up and he was like, wow, I can't drop. We got to play. We're going to have some fun. And uh, I was super proud of him because uh, we were. he really wanted to play Midnight Suns, but he, he was just kind of skeptical about going you know, all in with just Midnight Suns. And he's like, maybe I want to play Defenders a little bit. And I was like, well, you could just put the planes of Poldock into your list and play Midnight Suns. And he goes, oh, I guess I could. Uh, so not planes of Poldock. Uh, sorry, uh, the portals of Farla. Pentagram of Farla. Yeah, the, yeah, the Pentagram of Farla. And so he's, and so he, you just put in the pentagrams and you could just play defenders if you want to just switch. And he goes, okay. And so after he lost his early rounds, he just decided I'm only playing defenders for the rest of the day. And he actually won. Uh, he was two of two uh, going into that round, but both of his wins were with defenders. And he goes, I love this portal thing. It's so much fun. <laughs> and so I go, go for it. And so he decided, he's like, I don't think in this scenario, I'm going to play strange. So I, he actually made Wong, his functional leader played defenders. Um, with a mortal Hulk and the portal so that Wong could play the portal down and Hulk could go through it. And on turn two, uh, he put the portal near Hulk who was fighting Crimson Dynamo by himself because Hulk had thrown Crimson Dynamo back towards his own board. And he was really just stuck in the middle of nowhere. My whole little, uh, uh, you know, cloister of heroes that are supposed to be really good synergistically defensive together was (laughs) missing Crimson Dynamo because he, got stolen uh, by Hulk and he was holding onto a, an extract. And so he played the portal. So Hulk could leave that fight after he killed dynamo and come back, but I still had priority. And so dynamo immediately uses his thrusters because he gets enough power with, with cap uses his thrusters for one to jump onto the portal, went through the portal and then double walked all the way over. He literally crossed from one side of the board to the entire other side of the board. And now he's standing next to Captain America. And <laughs> after that, he goes, Oh, this is what you were telling me about how portals could be a double-edged sword. I go, this is what mm-hmm. I was telling you about. <laughs> portals could be a double-edged sword. I could. So he, I had exactly two power to, to walk through without uh, doing anything else. And so because of that, 
uh, <laughs> the way it was positioned, he couldn't get his Immortal Hulk through without using all the movement tech, like his jump and both of his actions just to walk. And he's like, well, I can't do that. So Immortal Hulk t- committed to something else that didn't matter. And and so I, I won because Immortal Hulk never really got to commit hard into what was happening until Crimson Dynamo was power enough enough to just turn off his wilds. So that game was much more in my favor. Again, I know what Immortal Hulk does. So I played against Mortal Hulk, but man, still, I learned a lot still about what Mortal Hulk plus Malekith can do, which is a different monster altogether. But it was still a really fun game with with Tyler uh, while he was playing Defenders. And I, I am challenging him personally to just hard stick with Defenders for a while and just champion that. I think it would be super cool to have somebody just really strong with Defenders in this community. It makes me happy. Yep. Um, Jeremy, you're up. Ah. Huh. Um, so everything lined up perfectly for my round five. This poor, poor soul. Oh, yeah. Um, Bobby. Uh, I don't know if people did... remember this, but uh, Jeremy's tired of playing against Thanos. Well, the only way to play Thanos versus me is if you pay money to do it. And it has to be <laughs> to a tournament organizer, and then I will play it because it's set up that way. Well, this gentleman has Guardian Thanos as a possibility in his list. And when people see that he has that option, they start goading him into doing it. I don't I, even know that I was the goader. Yeah. I don't even know that he was really going to do it. I don't know. But No, sure. he he gave me the the thumbs up when I asked him and he's yeah. like I'm doing it. Well, he did it. Um so then I then proceed to unload uh absolute hell upon him he has no defensive tech whatsoever there's no recal there there's no uh safety options there's no safety tactics cards nothing he catches both barrels of malekith and dormammu uh and just gets completely flattened Uh, by turn three he's gone and off the table Mm -hmm. and then i basically table him the rest of the way down uh and i'm just like I apologize for everything that happened. I my eyes rolled back like a shark. I blacked <laughs> out. I woke up. I had a fistful. It's like of a doll size. Yeah, like it, I had like a fistful of hair. I'm like asking people yeah. what happened. Um, he 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 didn't know that you were forged in the fires of losing to Thanos for so long. Yeah, that, like you no. you know all the tricks and like what he didn't yeah. know. You can't do that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that game was pretty brutal. Uh, no hold barred on that one. Um, mm-hmm. If you play Thanos at a tournament, I, I'm not going to call you a bad person, but you deserve everything that comes to you. <laughs> so, like, and that includes me. Like, when I play Thanos at a tournament, it goes sideways. Like, yep, I deserve this. Like, and I mean, I saw the tactics cards, and I kind of saw what was going on there. And had he not played Thanos, like, I could see, like, he, you know, I'm not saying a newer player or anything like that. But, like, his tech wasn't there for mm-hmm. me to believe that he was going to school me or, like, you know, take me off the board. Well, so, Thanos has a weak matchup in Malekith if he doesn't have all the fixins to keep yeah. him safe. And he didn't have those. No, he didn't So it was those. a bad matchup already. Yeah. And then you also know how to play the matchup. So, yeah, it's, I was like, so oh, was so you're, you're catching it. H- had he not played Thanos, I would not have both barreled him with... Uh, <clears throat> if it wasn't an option in his list, I, I wouldn't have done a Malekith Thanos drop or Malekith um, Ma- uh, Dormammu drop on him. But no, he caught both barrels on that one, and, and yeah, he deserved it. That's what Alrighty. you Aaron, you're up. 
Okay, I ended up playing against Alex from Omaha again. Uh, great guy. He played X-Men into my Web Warriors. Uh, again, Fuzzy Haze. I do remember going up early on scenario and him needing, like, uh, again, you're on your back foot when you start, like, you know, turn two or turn three, and you just realize, you read the tea leaves, like, oh, shit, you're going to steal that, you're going to score that, you're going to push me here. And he's just like, I've, I've got to make some plays. So he realized it, and they just, none of them panned out. Hmm. Um, and then just taking it 16 to 11 on a, on a classic Web Warrior scenario win. Nice. Cool. Uh, so congrats to John Paul George from Omaha. He ended up winning the event and qualifying for LVO. Uh, he also won Best Painted. He is a beautifully painted um, Midnight Suns plus Malekith roster. Um, I talked to him a lot about his painting. I th- I'll probably be adding uh, the glamour shots our professional photographer took during the event. So I'll probably be adding those to the infamous page just so people can see his work. Um, but it was really good stuff. Um, and then finally, moving on to day three, we had the team tournament. Uh, due to weather and emergency cancels, we unfortunately had a small turnout for the team tournament, but uh, I think everybody had a good time. Um, we had four teams, and uh, I guess, what do we call, what was your team called, Aaron? It was something creative? Yep. Okay. Cool. That was a really good name. <laughs> Uh, then we had two of the Omaha teams, and we had a 40KC team play. Um, do you just want to talk about the final round? Do you want to talk about it at all? Because you're the only one here from your team. Sure. I'll look at the games real quick. Okay. Um, okay. So both uh, our team and then the uh, uh, the team with John Paul, who again who won, won the overall event, uh, won our team games to meet in the team finale, if you will. Um, we were playing... Avengers, myself, X-Men, Perrin, and Kenny with Guardians. Uh, we ended up matched into myself, Avengers, into uh, David's Shield. Perrin's X-Men were into John Paul's uh, Midnight Suns. Suns, yeah. And then Kenny's Guardians played into Alex's X-Men. Yep. So we got the matchups we wanted. Like X-Men... Uh, we basically put our X-Men down and gave them the option of S.H.I.E.L.D. or uh, I-Hulk. And we're like, well, they didn't put X-Men down there, right? Because that's bad. And so Perrin got I-Hulk, knew not to pick over 17 threat, and wanted to just run away with points. And I think it came down to just a dice roll on the last turn, uh, mm-hmm. which sealed his loss. I do know their game was super close. I walked over several times like, oh, man, this is this is a spicy game. Yeah. Uh, on both sides, and I, then I did not get a chance to watch it. I think John said it was the, it was the the best game he had all weekend. So mm-hmm. uh, Perrin played him really tight. Um, I ended up winning my game against Shield with Avengers uh, by just putting a shit ton of attacks into She Hulk and taking off the board turn three. Uh, and then Kenny ended up losing uh, because his Guardians with Cosmic Ghost Rider. Cosmic Ghost Rider is great until he rolls zero for power on two consecutive turns. So. His yeah. Cosmic Ghost Rider did shit and ended up losing. Uh, that's the anecdote. I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> I uh, I played a couple games with Cosmic Ghost Rider, and I found that when I actually rolled high and got a bunch of power, it actually screwed me because I really needed to be able to contest. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, there are two games, at least from this weekend, that I recorded that I'm extremely excited to watch, which is something I have not said in a very long time. But because I saw little sections of the game, I'm like, oh, man, I really want to see how this whole game played out. So I have 
what I think I want to create for uh, the website or the the podcast or something, but a what would you do question, maybe on a weekly like a, basis. Like a quiz? Not, like, n- not like, a quiz. So I want, to, I want to present someone with a game state. And this has happened multiple times over the past week where I've been like, man, top of three, tie game, I have prio, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Right? I don't think there's necessarily a right answer. Like this is the risk reward for each decision is so different that I don't think, depending on the circumstance, there's necessarily a correct answer. But what I think is if you ask 20 people, you'll get at least 10 different answers for what how they would approach that turn. Yeah. And that's what I think is really interesting because it's sometimes hard to learn from your games. Sometimes you're like, yeah, I made this mistake. Um, but when you get to discuss with other people why they would do option A instead of option B, I really think there can be some good learning there. So, so I, I think that's... I think it's my favorite part of the game. It's just like when you get in those spots and it's there's so many different options and all of them are legitimate. That's my favorite part of the Marvel. When you get to like try and figure out what the best option is, like what's the best way to lead off with this new like you know branching options. Yep, uh, because it it's like your entire turn encapsulated in one decision. Mm-hmm. Like again, we've already discussed. I'm a worst case scenario, so I'm going to go here, and if this doesn't happen, what else do I have? You know, what's, what's, uh, what's plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E? Uh, and if that just leads me to a loss, then I'll start start again. I'll be okay, I guess we're going to go with someone else. Uh, or if all of those end up just being bad, I'll go, okay, well, let's take the most reliable of those options. Um, mm-hmm. Or if I'm down on points, I'll be like, nope, we need to shoot for the moon. Like, we need to get the trigger. Um, and I'll just, like, throw all my chips in on that decision at the top of three or something to that effect. Uh, but just having sort of that, again, just like, uh, I'm going to date myself <laughs> and you would read a newspaper and you'd have the little chess, um, question, like, what do you, what, you know, how many, uh, or sorry, not chess bridge. Uh, they'd have a little bridge, uh, question. They, they show the hands and they'd be like, what's your bid or what's your next move? And then the next edition would have the answer for the previous day's question. Um, something like that, a snapshot of the game state, what would you do? And then we discuss the various options and why, and why one may or may not be better than the rest. No Quarter Magazine used to do that for War Machine yep. questions. They used to have little, like, what would you do segments where they would show you a situation. It was cool. Yeah, you could do a screenshot with uh, TTS, right? Yep. Just do a screenshot. That'd be cool. You could also, like, do, uh, I can do a frame capture from any of the battle reports as well. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting um, weekly kind of post. Yeah, I'll see All if right. I can find a good screenshot the next TTS game I play. These these should be called WWJD for what would Jeremy do? Oh, don't no. do and that. The, no. the answer is always <laughs> no. run forward and attack. Always run forward and attack. Spend all your power. Yeah. Do your biggest spender into their biggest model and just see what happens. And then die to bleed. Um. So yeah, Um. in closing, uh, we've got... Oh boy. Um... 19 or 20 more battle reports they're going to be going up over the next couple of weeks all from show me um so that's gonna be fun um jeremy i would like to tell you something are you ready no no you're not ready i'm ready now okay this isn't a joke <laughs> okay um i've had several people come up to me over the last few days and tell me that the league should have been called the limbo league and not the street level league 
Go fuck yourself. I'm just telling you, I'm giving you, you know, feedback from your peoples. And they're like, man, it just would have been so much better if it was called the Limbo League. What does Limbo have to... Jesus Christ. Because you gotta get under six. I under... Yeah, I get that part. But that part is stupid. Some people don't think so. It's just you. Um, you are not worth two votes. (laughs) Uh, You know what people say about you? Nothing. You're stupid. (laughs) You're stupid. Your face is stupid. (laughs) Your face is stupid. (laughs) I thought thought it was... criticism. ED really is a problem. Mm Mm-hmm. No, did, that, uh, that was the micro penis thing. Oh. Jeremy, did you hear what Yoda said when he saw himself on the HD monitor? HDMI. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like yeah, that one a lot. <laughs> I like that one a whole bunch. Uh, I don't know why the like Yoda. Yoda grammar jokes are the super low hanging fruit they of like t shirt humor, you know? And I don't know why, but every time I appreciate it. I don't know what it is about it. It, it makes me so pleased, but it pleases me every time. I can tell Jeremy wasn't pleased, so I have to I have to hit him again. You go yeah, for it. You, yeah. uh, I was fired from the keyboard factory. They said I wasn't putting in enough shifts. <laughs> <laughs> Parker's so excited and you this guys are like, like I fucking hate my life if your job was to make Parker chuckle <laughs> you're working overtime like, I, I think that you job. are very successful you're very oh, successful man. at this oh, that's fun <laughs> I'm just glad that everyone thinks that this is awesome and just keeps sending you these this is good mm-hmm. I believe the HDMI one was from uh Tyler. Oh. Mm-hmm. I assume he's now kicked out of the street level league. <laughs> I used air quotes for people at home. You know, you'll be amazed at what people are going to get when they're just punch you straight in the nuts the second they see you on Thursday. Uh, it'll be, a, it'll be, don't worry, I'll PM you all with what you're going to get bonus from, from this league for that. Um, it'll be cash prizes, actually. I'll just cash you prizes. Actual cash. <laughs> what's the cat I, i'm not following like i understand that you're trying to be mean but i don't actually understand oh yeah are just, you saying that you're gonna just give cash to people oh yeah and just slug you straight in the crotch oh just, you're gonna pay them to hit yeah, me yeah, I yeah. See. just an absolute just just right just cock knocker kind of thing i don't understand why you would imagine i don't wear a cup with the way i live my life <laughs> that's true like, that's i definitely true. wear a cup yeah you're like, ever since 1998 happened. God. I was once legitimately, I, I I once incited a small riot in a store due to, like, I can't remember, I said some dad joke or something to somebody. He got so mad, he chased me around the store for like three solid minutes. But the guy was like, you know, 45, so he like ran out of gas. And it's just like, I'm just running in circles around the game tables. And eventually he calmed down. He was like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> All right. The league is going quite well, though. We did have over, four, we had fourteen people sign up, and then we have more interest mm-hmm. from from overseas. Um, what are those? Where are they from, Parker? Your friends? 
from Guernsey? Guernsey. Yeah, the Guernsey. The Guernsey people signed they, up? Both well, I mean, they sent me a letter. I got it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's awesome. They're very interested. Did you reply via post? Uh, a raven, actually. I'm not mm. sure if that'll make it, but we'll see. Uh, the Ottawa guys uh, did say that they were interested. Um, and there was a couple other people I talked to about it that were also vaguely interested. What I think is funny about it is because the, the losses don't matter so much and everybody just keeps lining them up and knocking them down. It's like they'll take <laughs> a loss and then just set up another game immediately. Like, let's go. Another one. Another one. Another one. I do like that about it. Yeah. Uh, I played one game of the league. I don't know if you saw my report. I did. I saw it. It was against a, a teammate. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, I've noticed that I probably shouldn't have signed up for the league because all I actually want to do is play six pointers. And so I doubt I'll play that many league games. I mean, really, I think most people are turning in their points. It, it looks to be um, somewhere around uh, two to three points anyway. So, mm-hmm. I mean, getting one or two games, maybe even three, is about all people are really turning in. So, It's still fun to have like a, a purpose and a point to like the game yeah. guide. Yep. People walking in going, what are we doing? Who are you? What's going on? Let's do this. And it, it keeps me shifting. Like, I, I started doing... Um, uh, Black Order, uh, Corvus Leadership, just jacking around. And you know what I'm excited about? How much I hate that stupid three-point Black Order model that doesn't do anything. <laughs> Supergiant? You mean the really, really good model known no, as Supergiant? No, she's trash. Trash. She trash. does two things really well. She doesn't die... And oh, she okay. gets lots of power. But those cool. are the two things she does. Uh, hmm. So I was checking our next segment. And um, I don't know if this is any kind of news. But um, the Atomic Mass Forums is down for an update. Uh-oh. It says, update in progress. We are sorry. Uh, <gasps> please try again later. Oh, fuck. So I don't know if we randomly... Because, I mean, they've been announcing a lot of stuff on Thursdays lately. I don't know if maybe... Uh, <laughs> Something's They're getting happening. rid of it. That's it. I mean, anyway. <clears throat> Interesting. I'm now going to uh, Asmodee's website to check for up for new calendar stuff. <sighs> Parker, what are you enjoying for the league? What are you running? Oh, I'm going to be running Hydra. Just uh, running some Hydra? Yeah. Yeah, well, I just got a bunch of Hydra models back, and I'm really excited. Uh, I actually went down in the tank for Hydra for a while, um, and... I came up, I'm definitely going to be doing Hydra for a bit, because I really enjoy Hydra. However, the model in Hydra that I'm most excited about is also happens to be a criminal leader, and that's uh, MODOK 2, the new MODOK. Yeah. And I played him as a criminal leader once, and I zigged when I should have zagged, and I thought about doing things like really offensive with him. But most offensive ploys with him are like ways to take advantage of his leadership are probably better done by something like Daredevil, right? There's already a four-cost leader that kills things. So sure. so now I'm going looking for other weird things that he can do, uh, or rather that MODOK kind of facilitates with his leadership. Um, like having MODOK as your leader and Killmonger as an end character uh, and do things like weird things like do that and Punisher lets you maybe get like tons of VPs off of tactics cards, which I think would be interesting. Like what if you played a game where you got five VPs off of tactics cards? Would that be good? Could you do that by turn three to like win? 
Um, I've been staring at that. Also things like um, who's the best model in the game actually for Modox leadership. And I think it might be Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme because you get to reroll his dice so much and he loves wilds on uh, attacks because he has pierce and on defense because he uh, if it's being attacked by energy or mystic, he gets to you know do the energy block thing where he turns your dice and gets energy back. And so I've been staring at that going... That that could be really fascinating. I think put if you if you draw, if you draw hammers and you're playing criminal Modok, you just windmill slam down uh, Doctor Strange, and you just go to town. I was rolling dice, just rolling dice, just see like what happens. He averages like six hits with Pierce when he has two hammers. It's nuts, and he can get two hammers on turn one. If you get priority, he gets two hammers and hides with him. If you don't have priority, he still gets two hammers, and he's kind of stuck out there for a little bit. But like I said, if you're if you're facing off against people with energy attacks, that's how they have the ability to hit you. Then you actually don't mind that much. You're probably defending too hard. Like there's a bunch of funny things you can do with him. So right now I I, I built a Hydra list, and I'm probably going to play that first. But I'm staring. I just I literally have been staring at this criminals list for two days, trying to figure out the last two models. Like how hard do I go all in on this tactics card plan? I might just play it a whole bunch and find out if. If it works, can you score five points by turn three off tactics cards? That's probably good, but uh, is it really a a, meta, a a pipe dream? We'll find out. Hmm. Cool. Um, well, my from the forums is now ruined because I can't tell if they answered my question or not. So I guess we'll have to leave that alone. Boy, I sure hope there's some news in the next. You know, n- hold on, I want to get this accurate. Nine days? <laughs> no, wait, fifteen days. What's fifteen days? Um, a, some what do you call it? Uh, Gen Con, which uh, is conveniently uh, the week after the um, update goes live. Gotcha. One of my favorite things about any sort of large tournament or any sort of convention that I've ever been at is afterwards, it really jazzes me to look for corners of the game that haven't been explored yet. Um, I know you guys. You guys were, you know, participating in a Discord conversation that somebody asked. You know, what do you? What's your opinion of the meta post tournament? And you guys had some really, you know, great points. I see you guys meaning Jeremy and Aaron. I know you both contributed to it. But um, as I was reading what you were writing, I was thinking about like, what do I think about the game after I go to a large convention? And my first thing I think yeah. about is, I look at all the things that I saw there, and I go okay, how can I do not all the things that I saw there and still expect to win some games? That's, that's always the first thing I go to, is I, I go to the other corners of the game, um, and I immediately start thinking of other ways. Or if I saw something there that I thought was really fascinating, but it was, for example, I, I, I saw so many Mortal Hulks, and I've seen it so much in uh, Midnight Suns, and I was like, where else could a Mortal Hulk go? and be interesting. And so I started thinking about other places he could be found, how he could be really useful, um, specifically in like a tournament situation. Like, how could you put down a Mortal Hulk in a tournament and somebody go, oh shit, I had not thought about doing that with a Mortal Hulk, and that gives you an advantage just because it's a surprise, as opposed to the same thing they've seen, the same thing they know, because everybody agrees, you know, the the zeitgeist agrees it's the best way to play a Mortal Hulk. Um Aaron and I had a long conversation about whether or not you could play Mortal Hulk in Hydra uh, with the 
um, tactics card. Agent. The, the yeah the the double the double agent is that what it's called? Yeah, Glenn? sleeper yeah. agent. Sleeper. sleeper. We're both wrong. But sleeper like, hole. Double, double agent is the Spider Woman card. Right. We were just talking about how like we, the everybody thinks everybody agrees it must be you know Hulk one. He's just best, right? He's and doing anything else is silly, and so. I convinced myself, at least, that Immortal Hulk has a different use for it, and maybe just as good, or maybe it's better. I don't know. I need to play it more. But um, that's the kind of thing I love to do after a tournament, is I see what's going on all around me, and then it gives me excitement and inspiration. In a way, I don't often get in the lull between big tournaments. I, I don't usually get like really jazzed about an idea in between tournaments. It's right afterwards. Like The drive home from a big tournament is always the most exciting part of a tournament for me in terms of like creativity i love it mm-hmm. yeah i i was thinking about that when i was playing shield and after i kind of put them all away and stuck all my models back on the shelf and started you know laying my cards out again and thinking of what i wanted to do for the show me um tournament and i started getting myself excited again i was like okay this is what i want to do and this is why and I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about these, you know, I, you know that there's going to be Mortal Hulk and we know that there might be a Thanos and there might be, you know, there's going to be Malekith and all this. And it, it really jazzed me up again because I like the game is like, the game has to always have innovation for me. That's what I think I enjoyed about magic a lot is the thinking about the cards and economy and best choices and, how to veer like okay if they're going to take that then you need to take this and, and whatever um that's my one of my favorite parts of the game and it might be more fun like i used to enjoy with magic like i wasn't usually very good at playing magic i wasn't half as good at playing magic as i was at building decks for people like some of my best decks were played by other people like we'd come up with it and then they would play it to win and that was amazing to me because I, I was just never as good as they were. Um, so I, I enjoy the building and the thinking about it even more than playing it. I usually stumble. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Like the thinking about it and the, the, all that is important. Cool. And I think, that's, I, I think that's a big worry about this game. Like if it really does break itself down into, you know, there's three categories of lists and you have to play these things or you have no chance that's the day that I'm done. You know, though, though that's the day that I don't want to. Yeah. I know we've talked about lists are kind of polarizing right now, but I feel like it's, there's a handful of like five models, like the, the usual suspects that you see in a lot of mm-hmm. lists that are kind of the, the causation of that. And so like, we've talked about the big guys, but then there's like, for me, it's honestly, it's more about the Steelers. Like the big models are strong and that's pretty obvious. Yeah like the big three scary guys. But then like, if you just look at like, um, was it black cat and voodoo and like the effect they have on the meta, I think is actually worse. I'm going to agree with you on that. Um, I'm actually going to call them equal, but I think if all they did was address the big guys, like the big three, um, the steel meta would absolutely get out of hand. Yeah. It's, it just, it's already it just take over the game. I played a game tonight into like hellfire with uh, cat and rhino. Uh, during the tournament, I played Webs, which had both, you know, Miles, Spider-Woman, Black Cat, and Voodoo. Um, clearly, trying to win on scenario by just stealing everything and not engaging mm-hmm. with the opponent is uh, probably one of the top three 
meta list archetypes you could play right now. Yeah, it's just um, scripted games. Like you, you see the missions, you build a list that fits within the point total. Like, what was the they? Who was it that did the interview with the number one guy like ranked on Longshanks? Uh, Vince did the interview with Curtis. Is his name? Okay, He's Curtis a, was the player. I actually and, Cur- Curtis was the guy I played tonight. So yeah. Okay, I didn't know it was the same person. That's cool. I didn't uh, tell you. But like, he breaks down his A Force list, and the A Force list is literally just people who steal objectives and bodyguard models. And that's exclusively what's in his list. And all he does is steal objectives and turtle. And it's like, that's the entire strategy. It's like, I get that it's a viable strategy, but like, that's not interesting at all. Like, at least in the combat list where you see like Malekith and Hulk running around, it's interesting and in like the choices you get to make throughout the game. And like your opponent can try and counter you by playing bodyguards and stuff. The most frustrating thing about the Steelers is like they don't interact with you. It's like Black Cat declares a special ability, and if you don't have like shush, like you just watch it happen and she runs away. Like, oh, this was so interesting and cool. Like, it's just boring. And I, I understand it's very strong, but like it's not a part of the game I really enjoy at all. I think having one Steeler that's costly is fine. Like, I think Enchantress is in a pretty good space because she clearly is designed around that ability. But Voodoo and Black Cat are just so much better that it's like not putting them in your list. It just feels like such a downgrade to any list. And then when you look at like the big guys, the entire list is built around supporting those models. And that's not true of Black Cat. Like Black Cat changes the game by existing. And if you're not playing her to make up for the fact that your opponent is, you're just at a disadvantage. So I Which will... is... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I say I will slight disagree. Uh, so I will understand your point, agree with the majority of it, but also say that for me, I can also find enjoyment in the strategy and tactics of how to mitigate what they're doing. Because nothing hmm. is uh, so broken that you have nothing you can do about it. Like So I just played, he had Rhino and Cat with three power. I knew he was going to do it. Like, it's telegraphed. Um, like start a turn two, I have Pryo. What can I do to mitigate what he's trying to do into me? Uh, and I just made horrible decisions and failed hard at the decision-making level. Uh, but I learned from that and would make different choices as to where to deploy and where to position my models turn one. I, in a more aggressive stance to be like, okay, steal it. I'm still going to murder your ass. Mm. Um, anyway, so I, I agree. I understand your feelings on the matter. Uh, I also want to say that for everyone out there, there are two sides of that coin. Um, yeah. However, I would get all on board with, let's say, a rule. Okay, actually, I would get a. I would be totally fine doing away with every stealer that didn't do it through an attack. I think that would make the game instantly better. Um. So, like, really, we're talking about voodoo and um, voodoo cat, cat enchantress, really. uh, pyro. OG Torch and Rhino. See, I have more of a problem with Rhino than Enchantress, like by a lot. Um, That's just because he's also better in more other ways and infinitely more splashable. But sure, he's very splashable, but it it does take a tactic slot and it's a one-time thing. I just think that card's really good. Um, It is. So let's see. Um, If we were to just take Voodoo, Cat, Malekith, Immortal Hulk, and Thanos, and throw them in a blender. Is the game better? Yes. I think so, too. 
I don't think any of them need to be deleted, but I think a, a small touch would be nice. Um, I've been of the mindset of I'm going to avoid playing the models that I don't have fun playing, and so I don't play Voodoo, I don't play Cat, and that's, I mean, they just actually take fun away from the game, I think. And I generally don't play Thanos outside of, like, practicing stuff. Um, but I do really enjoy playing Malekith, and I like Immortal Hulk less, but still like him. And so I do tend to play those models. And that's just a playstyle thing, I think. Like, I'm obviously not the grinded-out-on-scenario-type player. I'm the smashy-face player, so. Yeah, along those lines, Jeremy and I played a game two nights ago, yesterday. Uh, now, Jeremy is also a very smash mouth player. But on turn three, he had three of his models on his back board edge holding extracts. Mm-hmm. It was the most bitch move I've ever seen Jeremy do, but I got to give him props for it because <laughs> he absolutely <laughs> won the game by it. So mm-hmm. I had a very that. similar, I think we were playing literally like right next to each other on the same eight foot table and I was playing your son and we had a similar interaction. I've never done this before. I played Red Skull 2 in webs. Turn one, he plays eyes, takes a damage, picks up the um trying to remember which mission we were playing it was cubes so he picks up the center cube and my back left cube and then first activation of round two he double moves to the corner of the table and it was just so weird because well he had already taken three damage so he wasn't exactly healthy but then like logan is standing there like i thought we were gonna fight and then he just like now (laughs) logan's running at at him because like he can't let me have like six points with one model like who's gonna lose i'm playing web warriors and so we played this very non-combative game, which I enjoy because it's like we were both actually making decisions. Like every activation we went to, we had to sit there and think because like the, the repercussions of every activation was so meaningful. And so that was fun as where, and he even had a black cat, but because like I was already so up on points, him stealing one wasn't very useful because I would just immediately take it back with Miles. And so he's like, she becomes this weird, like, you know, control piece that actually plays a game as opposed to just pressing the button and running away. Um, but yeah, it was a really fun, interesting game that we played. And it, we got to this weird spot where basically Logan finally catches up and corners Red Skull 2, and then he just has to annihilate him <laughs> or, or lose the game. Uh, and so he, uh, he dazes Logan, then Logan gets first activation, picks up the three objectives, that Red Skull dropped because he dies to the cubes in the in the control phase. And then he just double moves away. <laughs> and so so Red Skull can't go get him. And then uh, my turn is I activate Miles and Miles just moves away right to where Logan was. They just like ships in the night run away to secure points. <laughs> it was quite funny. I had to use my overpowered affiliation of Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do think he's undervalued. <laughs> Highway to Hell getting played for the first time in a year was fun. <laughs> Game, set, match, motherfucker. <laughs> I, I didn't have an answer. Um, <sighs> my new secret sauce I want to try is uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider in Hydra. Because every time he uses his chains to, to incinerate and drag somebody, he heals one, which is cute. <laughs> so he auto applies incinerate, which heals him one. And he shoots somebody. He can also, let's say you actually stagger him, but then you forget and daze somebody. He's, I've got your backs and shoot you and transfers the stagger to the guy who just attacked his friend. It's going to be fun. Yeah, that seems pretty strong. I mean, Ghost Rider's pretty insane. Like, for six points, he seems pretty crazy. 
But I, I think actually he's a, think he's I, not I, good. I think he's a bit of a trap, though. Like I mm-hmm. think, like if you if you kind of understand what he's doing, he's he. But then again, like if he just simply dumps on you and dunks your ass, like there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, he sure. can no, he, he can, can simply dunk you. He's definitely scary. He can hit people hard. He's got board control. He's got a lot of stuff, uh, and he's yeah. super mobile. But like he's still like a like despite being a one man kung fu SWAT team, he's still one man. Like there's a limit to how much he can do. And in my games, I played him with Thanos twice, and I think playing him with tall models is generally a mistake because you just don't like if you play him with Thanos, you're in for 14 points and you have con- a complete one contesting model, <laughs> and it's just like I can't do enough, right? Like even though I have infinite board control, both of my models can move multiple enemies. It's just not enough. Like you can't get there. Like. You can't put models on points. Even on, like, Researcher, it's not enough. Uh, so I think uh, Kenny's correct. I think you need to play him in wide, wider lists at least. Probably at least getting four contesting models on the board to give him a chance to prolong the game. Um, but he does seem very fun. But I think that's what he is for right now. Until I see some new evidence, I think he's just fun. I don't think he's particularly good. I think for the amount of damage he puts out, like, I think he needs to be treated like a very like like a larger model like you just have to execute him or you ignore him kind of thing like yeah you score definitely. out like you can't just kind of like nickel and dime and like i i think you have to like treat him like he's a fucking eye hulk or you know any mm-hmm. of the other monsters yeah be very cautious i mean because he's only range four not five like bucky it's actually kind of easy to stay out of the i've got your back range unless he's very centrally deployed and if he is you can just probably kill him like, he's, he's reasonably survival, but he's got a lot of health. But, like, I mean, he's not the most defensive model by any means. Uh, he gets skulls on fucking collision damage. I don't know what the fuck that's about. I mean, is it that big of a deal? Uh, it's actually... it's actually His skulls are actually better for collisions than they are, like, comparatively than other defensive tech. Right? Because if you're actually rolling dice against him, he gets one extra side. But that's half as good as a martial artist, right? So, like, if, if you look at it, you're like, well, I'm not going to roll dice against that thing. It's a martial artist. You're like, well, okay, yes, because their defense dice are actually better than your offensive mm-hmm. dice. They are. But if you roll when you roll against him, your offensive dice are still better than his defensive dice. The only thing that are better that he is advantaged on above other characters is the dodge thing, because he's well, like Domino or anyone with the Reality Stone is still better because they get the additional die off the explosion. Precisely, like he is yeah. not. He is. I think he just he, dies to like a rapid fire model. Like I think, like a Punisher could kill him. The Punisher um, could kill him. Um, so it may, it may take him two turns, is like, but it could. The problem with that is like they're averaging like two right, so they're like two two and a half hits. He pretty consistently blocks two, like because it's literally the math. He's like two point one five or something blocks per roll. So he's actually really weak to like medium attacks that add up. Like he's, it's still hard to one shot because he has so many hit points. But if you do like four six dice attacks into him, that's pretty consistently gonna chunk him. And so he, I would, he's usually afraid of like the cheap spenders. I think is really what scares him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. He's like, he's good. Like X twenty threes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, X twenty threes will tear him up pretty good. Yeah. Um because, because Pierce, like like you're you're knocking down his, his math, mm-hmm. like right, because he's just one above average on blocks. And so if you knock him back down, then his health stops mattering as much. 
But yeah, I've seen him die very quickly in several games, and I've seen him not do much in several games. It's like he's not the juggernaut everybody assumed he would be. All right. Um, Parker, do you have a comic corner for us today? Uh, yeah. So uh, this comic corner actually is uh, a little strange because I do not know if it's already been collected in a graphic novel or not. Um, because it is um, specifically um, the post-Krakoan Age uh, Wolverine title, his his own title, Wolverine. And um, if you look at his the first arc that he has, it's basically issue 1 through 19. And it's, it's interesting. It's a lot of the stuff that you'd expect, just like Wolverine Adventures trying to defend Krakoa, and it's fine. Uh, and then after issue 19, there's a big break in the continuity in the Wolverine title because... Um, you get the X-Lives and X-Deaths of Wolverine, which is something I've done another comic corner on, where he does some time-traveling shenanigans to save uh, Professor X before he has a chance to become Professor X, because um, bad guys are trying to get him. And then, at issue 20 of Wolverine, and moving forward, there is a new arc that is wonderful. And if you've ever read a Wolverine title, if you like the Wolverine character, um, you'll know that one of the most interesting things about Wolverine to me is his uh, friends. Uh, Wolverine has made like some friends over the course of his travels. And this one really focuses, this arc really focuses on Wolverine and the way that he has cultivated some friendships and how they're frenemies. And uh, some of them are really intense friendships and nothing, nothing ticks off Wolverine more than somebody who messes with his short list of friends. Um, so we see, uh, basically issue 20 starts off with, it might as well, it says it's a Wolverine title, but it might as well be about Deadpool because Deadpool is approaching Wolverine nonstop to try to become a member of X-Force again, because he really wants to be a Krakoan and he really wants to be on X-Force and they keep <laughs> the comics just, oh, oh, it's a two comic span of just Deadpool attempting to get onto X-Force over and over and over again by like applying quote unquote, which you know, takes the form of just begging on his knees all the way to try to, to trying to assassinate X-Men enemies, <laughs> like and just like bringing Wolverine heads of them and stuff like that. It's wonderful hijinks that are perfect. Uh, Wolverine being the best at what he does and Deadpool being just that as good at it, but, but Wolverine hates the way he does it. Um, and then from that in there, there's a subplot that starts to come up uh, with uh, somebody is manipulating um, and targeting Wolverine's uh, friends, some of the friends he's cultivated during the Krakoan Age, specifically a human man that he rescued because uh, he was it was a CIA agent who was getting too close to this cell of bad guy mutants, and um, Wolverine rescued him and ended up cultivating a friendship throughout the title. And somebody is using him as leverage against Logan, and I'm not going to. That's all I'm going to say. But suffice it to say, he does not take kindly to that. And when you find out who it is that's pushing all the buttons. It's one of my favorite things about Marvel superheroes is when um, Marvel done this many times with uh, Reed Richards and the Fantastic Four. He, he, he has an alternate reality version of himself that gets pushed too far and all that genius you know, turns to evil and he begins rationalizing all these terrible things he starts doing. And pretty soon he's he's a he's a terrifying, amoral monster. But to him, he's quite rational in all of his decisions. And you find out that there is a Marvel superhero out there that has rationalized this descent into 
uh, insanity, and he's targeting Wolverine as his tool to that he's going to cultivate into uh, a new way for him to, in his mind, uh, very rationally defend mutant kind. But as it turns out, he's becoming a monster. So if you'd like to know who the monster is and uh, what he's doing to manipulate Wolverine, then read Wolverine post-issue 20 of the new com- current uh, comic. And it's still running, um, but uh, that, that story has already been resolved and you can keep reading it. It's it's wonderful. I am excited to finish it. I haven't got to the full arc end yet because it's not on Marvel Unlimited yet, but I am super pumped. So you can read along with me. Uh, Wolverine post issue 20 of the new 2022 run that's now in 2023 cool all right is there anything else you guys wanted to cover before we wrap it up all righty well thanks for joining us today everybody hopefully you enjoyed the conversation uh this has been Brandon and Parker and Jeremy and Aaron and you've just listened to the gang speaks for the trees So what are we going to call this thing? Ah, I got it. Okay. Incredible, new, fantastic, astonishing, mighty, original, uncanny, sensational podcast. I'm just going to put down infamous. I'm tired. Oh, yeah? Why are you tired? Yeah. I don't know. Just lots of not sleep lately. Did a lot of yard work today. We had about uh, a truckload of down branches in my yard. Did you ever get power back? Yeah, we got power back Sunday when I got home. Noise. Yeah. Yeah, it was like every tree decided to throw itself on people's cars and in their yards over the last few days. We got so lucky. There's so many down trees in my neighborhood, like just on houses, on cars. Like, it was nuts. I guess for people that don't know, there's a big storm in Kansas City. Uh, It was like something like 100,000 people went without power for a day. And then like another 30,000 went without power over the weekend. Uh, I was actually driving in the middle of it trying to recover uh, our new car and uh, a friend was giving me a lift and as we were going we saw a tree split in twain like the tree like one half of it fell down and the other half fell down so it was like oh huh that's terrifying based on most movies I've seen at that point you're supposed to pull over get a part of that tree and either carve a sword hilt or a baseball bat <laughs> from that, and it will then become the most important piece of uh, tool yeah. you will own. Well, it would be cool. It would have been cool if it was like a tall tree, or if it was split by lightning. But it was yeah. just like a like a Bradford pear tree. It was just like oh. twenty feet tall, and it, it literally like the wind just peeled it like a banana, just slowly and not like strangely just like mm, one side mm, oh. the other it wasn't like some super dramatic that was the part that was kind of surreal about it is cuz you're picturing this like kaboom or huge throwing limbs like nope just one two no tree like okay mm. <laughs> it was it was curious 
yeah, my girlfriend's neighborhood got pretty blown up. And the storm, like, there was basically two different days that this went down. And the first day, a giant-ass tree, like, exploded in her yard from wind or whatever. And it fell, and it kind of fell across her vehicle, which it missed her vehicle, then crushed her neighbor's vehicle. Because she lives in, like, a, a duplex. And we're like, holy shit, how did it miss your vehicle? So then the next couple days later, the next storm hits, falls another hunk of this tree, falls, misses her vehicle, kind of like messes up her windshield wiper on the back of her vehicle, and then crushes the rear of that vehicle. <laughs> it was like clobbering time for this dude's vehicle across. Oh, oh man. It's like, holy shit, dude. It's crazy. This paint train has no brakes. I have a cottonwood tree in my backyard. You learn a lot when you own trees you've never owned before. Cottonwoods mm. are extremely they they grow very quickly because they are extremely brittle. Mm-hmm. So I have what I call uh, widowmaker branches that fall every storm. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're talking stuff that like takes two grown men to carry. Oh uh, god! We we locally we thankfully have a little local dump for our neighborhood uh, for branches and grass and everything, so we can just like carry it down there. I had to get the chance out and cut it in four for the, the one we had two storms ago. Wow. Uh, I just keep telling my wife, it's a good thing we're not out there when it's actually like windy because I'd be dead by now. Mm-hmm. Like probably five times a year, I have to get a chainsaw to cut these branches, like huge ass branches that are just being ripped off my cottonwood and thrown into the ground. I, um, I'm assuming that this is the most annoying tree that you've ever owned. That is a true statement. Because cause I've only been around your tree for a brief period. I hate your tree. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of little cotton fuzzies it puts all over everything in the universe. I uh, I think it's I think like native flora is fascinating, and I love how Kansas and Missouri trees like midwest trees have gone like two one or one of two directions and one of them is the one you describing right like just get huge as fast as you can because you're definitely going to burn up in a fire or you're definitely going to get ripped apart by a tornado to just grow 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 as fast as you can like cottonwoods (coughs) and then there's like osage orange trees also called hedge trees they're like the opposite they're like grow low grow slow be as hard as fucking stone nothing will kill me ever like that's Mm. like the two strategies and i love i love I love that kind of variety. Osage orange trees are my favorite trees because they're just insanely stubborn and hard to kill. And they're the opposite. They, they don't grow that uh, quickly or that high. They just stay low and they are just hard as rocks. And I'd say they're so dense. That. Yeah. They're so dense. Yeah. it's it's um, There's an enormous, probably 200 or 300 year old uh, Osage orange tree in the park not far from my house. And it's you know, it's they're so dense, they're so heavy, they can't grow very tall. And eventually, their own weight just kind of pulls them back down to the ground, and they elbow on the ground. They're, they they hit the ground and they just grow back upward. There's like you can't gravity can't stop me, dirt can't stop me. I'll just grow back up again. Fuck you, gravity. Like I just love, and my kids play on it all the time because mm-hmm. it's so enormous. Like both of these huge forks that are growing off of the ground are, you know, as wide as a room, um, and. One time, my uh, my their kids were climbing on it, and my wife was like, "Is that safe? Is that tree strong enough?" And I go, "You could park a semi truck trailer on that tree. You could just climb straight up it. It would not budge. It, they're so insanely tough." Hmm. I just I'm, um, I'm fascinated by the strategy. 
Yeah, we had uh, at my last house. We had this big fucking dumbass tree. I don't know what kind of tree it was, but it had these like seed pods that would drop that looked like brown bananas. That's like these Kirk. What are they called? Catalpa tree. Yeah. Fuck that kind of tree. Yeah. That kind of tree is dumb as shit. Because every was it two or three years, it dumps seed pods, and I mean you will not be able to see the grass in your yard. That's how many seed pods it drops. It is fucking insane, and they're so hard to rake because they're heavy, and if they get wet, it's like trying to rake mud. Oh my god, it's the worst. And so, yeah, we would have to just go out there. It would just kill all the grass in your yard if you didn't go out and get it, like, immediately. And it would just be dropping for months. Oh, it was so stupid. Um, then, in our, my new house, I've got three big, tall silver maple trees. Mm-hmm. I, was cons- I was confident they were going to come down in the storm. They seem brittle as shit, but uh, they didn't. They didn't budge too bad. They do rain sticks a lot, but they're like little yeah. sticks, not like big branches. Mm-hmm. Maple yeah. trees. Maple trees are one of those that like they do really well and they're super healthy and they're very clean until all of a sudden they'll just die. Mm-hmm. Like they will. They'll just give up. Like a like a Kansas hard summer can just kill them instantly. You're just like, oh, I thought was I supposed to water it. We had the same. We had one of those happen. So we had a silver maple in our backyard. Really old tree, looked really nice, really really pretty. One we got one really hot, pretty dry summer, and it just died. And I expected, you know, you know the roots to, you know, the roots to die when I cut it down. Then the roots come back up a little bit, like sprouts or something. Nope, just straight dead. I hmm. asked, I asked a horticulturalist. I was like, was it a, was it a fungus? Was it a beetle? And I was like, nope, just maple trees will just kind of up and perish, just hard. I'm like, huh. So that'd be really annoying. Like the whoever planted these trees, they terrify the shit out of me because they're so enormous. Like they're they gotta be like yeah. sixty feet tall. They're fucking huge, mm-hmm. but they have amazing shade coverage, right? Yes, because all of their leaves are right. way up top, and they're really an- and enormous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it just, they just like stretch out like a big canopy, mm-hmm. and so it's really nice because like our whole backyard is shaded. And most of our front yard is shaded. And so I'm like, if one of them dies, I'm like, well, shit, now I have like don't have shade anymore. Mm-hmm. It'll be like years before that fucking thing can get back up there. The one thing that maple trees also do is uh, they're very aggressive to anything underneath them. They, they're they one of the trees that poison the ground. They put mm-hmm. out they put out actually herbicides underneath them. And so if you like struggle with grass under a maple tree, you can you it's very very hard to get anything to grow under them. Not just because of the the incredible lack of sunlight, but also shade plants struggle because they their roots put out herbicide. That's interesting. To stop to stop competition. Shit you learn about trees, man, on this podcast, right? That's why you tune in. We do what we can. I think that the gumball tree is probably related to a lot of divorces. In the United States, um, gumball tree is that yeah. the one that drops like the the green apple things, the little teeny no. ones. No, yes, the little tiny spiky balls, and oh. they're yeah, the little they're little gumballs, and they turn brown. Mm-hmm. And someone what has those... someone has to rake them, and yeah. it doesn't have to be your husband, but you sure <laughs> the fuck stare at him a long in time, <laughs> and you think he's gonna do it, but fuck that shit, you bought the house too. So you're welcome to come and help me bag them up. Motherfucker. Every year they would fall. And every year it was like some sort of seven levels of hell of getting those things up. God damn it. Mm-hmm. And you and every time I'm stare, I would stare at him going, what kind of sick son of a bitch 
planted these fucking trees in this front yard <laughs> of all the trees why didn't you just all cut the them trees, down uh don't think that conversation didn't happen every year again i'm divorced now and those trees <laughs> are an element of it i know this mm-hmm. it's like if we were to draw a pie of jeremy's divorce the trees have this nice there's a sliver there's definitely a sliver yeah the number of three O drops in Jeremy's life was another sliver over here. Yep, it's a sliver. It's <laughs> a sliver. We're going to encapsulate that by the phrase "embracing failure." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> no, my wife and I have uh, kind of a, a meme between us, if you will, where we will quote roles just as a one word, like uh, like I I do the I do the yard. Uh, but she does like any time one of our kids has to get up for anything, it's her. And mm, so she's no, like, so she's like the the person. She's the alarm clock, and you're the landscaper. Yes, basically. And we have like, there's a lot of things we we do jointly, but then some things like the litter boxes. Like she wanted the cats, she gets to do litter boxes. I will do mm. them if she's on vacation or something. But otherwise, like I don't give two shits when she gets home at night and how how late and tired it is. Like that is hers. Mm-hmm. So so anyway, it works really well when you have like s- specific roles and then joint responsibilities, and then occasionally you chip in. Uh, I'm sure every relationship has what works for them. It works out great until one of them decides to develop, I don't know, what I would call some sort of incredible laziness <laughs> slash chronic ailments um, that I believe are mysterious and also fake. Is it? Are you revealing live on air, Jeremy, that you believe your wife faked allergies? To oh, I don't have a wife. The- <laughs> Let's, be <laughs> Let's be clear. I don't have a wife. <laughs> but boy, she's sure doing good these days. I'm glad she got over her allergies of the spiky balls. Yeah. Yeah. What are the the fucking the the crab apple trees? I think is what the big ones. Call them? Yeah, those are the yeah. ones that get rid the of ones spiders. that drop like the little bubbly that's, green balls. That's an, that's those are also Osage stupid orange. as fuck. That's the one I was talking about. That's before. the Osage orange tree. Uh-huh. The fe- yeah, they, fuck those trees. Too. They have they have male and females, so the males never ever drop them. They're one of the only mm. actually. A lot of plants are dual sex plants, where they have no real genders. But a few trees have that. A few bushes too. A lot of woody plants have some woody plants have them. And Osage oranges. Only the females drop those large apples. Do you know what gender the plant is before it matures? No, you have to wait for them to drop the apples, basically. And then you burn it. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> yeah. well, I'm gonna have to cut yeah. this one down too. Well, mm-hmm. and you people just plant used to right next to it. Well, people used to cultivate the female. Here's here's a little bit of here's a little bit of uh, uh, farm lore for you. People <clears> used to cultivate the female ones on purpose because if you open up a hedge apple, the, there's a white like a, actually a large amount of this white liquid inside, and it is insect resistant. So insects won't burrow into the hedge apples and eat the seeds, and so. Folks used to know it was it was basically a pesticide, and so you would extract this white gunk from inside the hedge apples, or just take the whole edge hedge apple itself and just line around your house with it, and it would provide a protective barrier as long as the hedge apples didn't disintegrate. You know, just eventually they will. But people used to put hedge apples or the milk inside the hedge apples around the bottom of their house, and it was a semi-permanent barrier to insects because they cannot stand the 
the contents of a hedge apple. Mm. So if you go wow. to like, yep. if you see like an old farmhouse and you see the hedgerows all around them, the wind breaks and stuff, almost all those are commonly females on purpose. They try to cultivate them on purpose so that they can so they also farm the hedge apples. I, I, li- I grew up in a 125 year old house, farmhouse, and almost every single hedge tree around our house was a female. So, so they could do that back then. We never. That's did. interesting. That's a, a secondary use. Then the only time, the only use I've ever seen people use with the crab apples is leaving them in their yard till they stink like a motherfucker and never <laughs> right. do anything about it. Right. That's so. That's a second use. Then that's cool. Yeah, that's a secondary use. We called that the "don't give a fuck" like mentality. Yeah. When you're mowing, it's and just you like, step on one and almost break your ankle. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, no, these people don't mow their yards. Uh, so, <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know why it was always in the neighborhood I grew up in. There was always one of those trees in every fucking yard. And it was always in like the back corner on a hill, right? So the balls would drop and (laughs) roll down. So there would just be this like one foot deep pile of them at the bottom of the hills. And they would just rot in the summer. And they would stink like a son of a bitch. It does not smell good. No, yeah. Anyway, it's weird. It smells like mothballs and piss. Like it's really dumb. Well, yeah. If you, if you open it up, it smells like a, it smells like a pesticide. Like it's really acrid. Yeah. It's very, very intense smell. It smells like not spiders and bugs. Yeah. yeah, it smells like the opposite of what they would appreciate. Yeah. I used to when we were little and super bored over the summer, we would we would pick them up and set them on the road. We had like a highway that passed by our house. We'd set them on the road and just watch them explode as cars hit them. It was just a dumb, satisfying farm kid thing to do to pass the time. When you say set them on the road, do you mean huck them off a bridge? No, <laughs> no. We would literally, we just literally oh, lay them okay. on the road. Because cars are coming by this in like 55 miles an hour. We didn't stick around on the road. It was, it was like a, it was like a, it was a highway. It was the high speed limit was 55. So we had to, but of course the cars would only, we were in the middle of nowhere farm. So a car would pass by maybe once every five minutes, every 10 minutes. So you'd have to wait out there a long time. It was a real, just super boring thing to do, but we were bored. It was the summer. Not much to do in the farm sometimes. Cool. Get a chance to watch quarterback yet. You watch any episodes? Uh, I'm on episode four, I think. Yeah. It is a lot slower than I expected. It is like the Chiefs All Access show. It has a is fairly dry, so like non Chiefs fans probably wouldn't like it. Yeah, but uh, it is noticeably faster paced than quarterback is. Yeah, I the first episode I was like, wow, I thought this was gonna be good. I'm like bored to tears, and then you know, then they started getting to the good stuff later in the episode. I was like, oh okay, I kind of see where this is going. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I expect. I expect the good stuff's coming. But if you like that, that's almost exactly what the Chiefs All Access show is. Except you don't have to listen to Kirk Cousins talk, so it's like dramatically better. Come on, he'd be an awesome guy to be like your uncle. Uh, sure. He seems like a nice guy. I think he is a nice guy. I have nothing against Kirk Cousins. But I don't want to, you know, spend my limited free time listening to him talk. Yeah, but he's Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Captain Kirk. (laughs) Just saying. No, yeah. If you like quarterback, you should watch uh, the franchise on YouTube. It's free. I watched some of it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. But yeah, the uh, I did forget about how good the Vikings um, Bills game was last year. Dude, I, I just watched that episode today. I was like, oh my god, it's just absurd, right? Like Justin Jefferson just won that game for them straight up. Yeah, it was crazy, 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 crazy. 
How far did you get uh, Aaron and the bear? Have you watched any more of that? We're about season two, episode three or so. Oh, shit, man. You're just going right through it. Well, we watched season one when it came out, so it's just season two. Oh, I got it. We should be done, but my wife's been busy. Gotcha. Did uh, did you start watching Battlestar yet? I'm asking for a friend. Mm. Uh, No. I do only have 16 more episodes of Discovery, and I have three models to paint. Uh, I chose to watch Megamind today while painting them. So I knocked mm-hmm. that out. I'm willing to bet. Don't quote me on it, but I'm willing to bet that I'll start Battlestar next week. Like Ooh. in about a week from now. It will take me. Depends how long it takes me to paint them. If it takes me six hours to paint them, I work out once a day. So that's 13 episodes. So maybe maybe 10 days from now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, M'Baku needs a, a good paint job after what I saw he did. Um <laughs> He Which was so unfriendly <laughs> on one of the nicest guys ever. <laughs> like that was not cool. <laughs> Turns out he has a high ceiling and a low floor. Oh man. Yikes. <laughs> you might want to kill that guy. Okay, I'll try. Damn it, it didn't work. All right, now all your shit is dazed. <laughs> You're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, for the listeners, Mbaku. Uh, double spendered and killed a uh, fully healthy rhino, fully healthy Ulick, and mm. uh, mostly damaged Kingpin with the double spender. It was pretty sick. Uh, my expectation would be that needs, that'll happen every time. No sure. problem. Sure. No problem. I That's th- a lot of hit points. <laughs> it is, but it's four attacks and two size four throws. It's fine. I think I'm eight games into Mbaki right now, and uh, it is. Definitely not the average. <laughs> like my last game, he did jackal. He's got a walking stick. So it helps when people attack him, and it helps when I give him power with Spirit of Wakanda. If neither of those happen, and he just fails his triggers, he's like so sad. He's just one of those why models. He, Go ahead. Why is he able to throw size fours? Uh, because if a model can't throw size four that was uh, released after 1 January 2023, it doesn't complete. That's not true. <laughs> true. <laughs> that's, that's no, but I mean, like, even there's there's no like logical fluff reason why he should be able to throw a size four model. Uh, like, I don't know he's if you just know much a guy. About, I don't know if you know much about the white gorilla. But, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah fun. this this anytime anybody like applies physics to this game anymore, I would say, whoa, no, <laughs> no, whoa, no. Come on. Like now. there are there are characters in this game that roll dice. Like compared to other like things in the universe or actual things we have like bullets and rocket launchers. Do you know go, how no, fast no. an actual rhinoceros is? Have you ever clocked one? No, uh, I have faster than light. Yeah. Faster than light. Faster <laughs> than light. Uh, a rhinoceros is that actually to talk about man ape here. Uh, I'm just saying it's physics. Mm-hmm. Man ape. Right. <laughs> That's his name in the comics. Is it? Yeah, it actually yeah. is. It's really dumb. Mm-hmm. In the comic books, he's just—he's literally—it's like a gorilla. It's like you put on the gorilla skin, and the mouth of the gorilla is his face. Like that's—that's that's the whole. It's super derpy. Literally. No, the movie was much better. Oh yeah, I'll they say, chose. It doesn't seem like that would have translated well. <laughs> yeah, not in the movie. No. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Oh my." <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess we'll get into it. Are you guys ready? 
Born ready. Born ready. Did you like that one, Parker? I love that one. I love it so much. <laughs> Science. They're n- no one's going to know what the fuck's going on because it's going to come before the tree talk. Yeah, but then they're going to they'll find out. Then That's, they'll get it. They'll yeah. get it then. They'll be perfect. I like because it's going to immediately roll into it though. Right. What the fuck. Arborists. It'll it'll make the it make make them uh, be like what what could that mean we need to know. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about movies. Oh yeah, I am so, super um, pumped. So, are you wanting to just recap last week, or are you wanting to do the new one? Both. Oh, I was gonna say let's do the ne- the new one next week. Oh no, what? we can't do it next week. No, no, we need to do the new you one. You guys want to was... do this every week? You realize how quickly we'll run out of topics. Well, eventually we'll get like some update and have actual news to talk about until then i think you can go like 20 weeks with different topic or different i mean we can go for a while and we could open up to like books and stuff but um uh i mean we're definitely doing dresden files one week so um there's a lot of sports movies i still need to watch i haven't watched that many we could do it if you want but like I, i have not seen as many as everybody else there's like five that i wanted to see before making this list oh i made a list i'm ready to go okay (laughs) we can do it i guess i'm so hard right now (laughs) Mm. okay first let's recap last week though because the results were interesting yep uh i think i figured out what happened okay um obviously because the number four reaction was first people thought that was the number one reaction that's, oh. that's, that's theory one. <laughs> theory one. <laughs> theory two. Uh, what actually happened? That was a joke. What actually I believe happened was um, because Aaron had no like controversial picks, he won by default. Hmm. Because uh, I threw out Blade, Jeremy threw out the Crow, and Parker did V for Vendetta, and all three of those are like you're either going to completely agree or completely disagree. It drove everyone to like the safe, like safety net picks of Aaron. Wow, I've never felt so insulted in my life. Oh, really? Oh, I I've actually done way better. Than yeah, that. just wait. I'm actually going harder with that. I yes. uh... so actually the the funny thing, <laughs> I honestly completely blanked on the Incredibles. Like that's actually a sleeper great pick, um, and I still stand by Mega Mind on top of it. But I probably would have gone with Mega Mind Incredibles instead of Mega Mind Blade. Um, but yeah, Guardians is obviously a great pick and, uh, everyone who listens to the show, I'm sure likes Guardians. So that helped. Well, I don't know how you go that far, but I would say that I think. Says the biggest Guardian fan in the room. <laughs> yeah. But I would say that, um, one of the things about this, this particular, uh, thing, and I think I posted this as soon as, as Aaron was declared the winner is as soon as it happened, my first reaction was, don't don't metagame this. Don't metagame this. Don't metagame this. Because I immediately started looking at it, and I went like, which one of these lists has the most generic appeal? Well, clearly, Aaron's has the most generic generic appeal. More people are going to like Aaron's based upon the kind of choices that he makes and the fact that people are people. And so as long as I put things like Hellboy and V for Vendetta on the list, I am marginalizing myself from a win. And so, and so I've never been the person to ever go for a generic appeal ever 
Anytime I've ever been given anything, I always go for a very strange appeal. And so I get like a small set of people who Whoa. really appreciate it. And most people don't. And so part, part, I, I, I've told myself immediately, I was like, do not do that because like, for example, this movie, I made two lists for this, for this sports movie. One, <laughs> one is, one is what do, what are my favorites? And the other is what will automatically win if I say these three movies, <laughs> because these three movies will automatically win because I'll get the number of people that I want to win. Um, and I, I'm interested to see if anybody chooses any of the automatic wins and to see mm-hmm. if that makes them win. That's, that's my curious. That's my, I thought you experiment. selected decent movies, Aaron. And I don't think you're an idiot. <laughs> I think you, you're Jeremy. a pretty decent guy. Um, I think Parker Jeremy, we agreed beforehand idiot. you were not going to do this. <laughs> um, actually, I don't know if we want to tell Parker he's off the podcast yet. <laughs> or so we just Parker, tell him tomorrow. That's why I want to tell you. I've been down in the streets getting the pers- in-person reviews of the list. Oh, really? Would, I, would you like to get the feedback for yours? I would. What fucking idiot shows me for a vendetta that's not even a superhero movie? <laughs> that's that was unanimously the feedback on your list, and so right. everyone said that Hellboy and Winter Soldier were good picks, but they just couldn't vote for it because of V for Vendetta, which is, I think, a terrible opinion because I don't know where <laughs> okay. you put V. I don't, I don't know where he's you put really v. alienated himself now. Like well, he's, he's never. I, I think vote. anyone who thinks V for Vendetta is not a superhero movie is. Is is got to tell me where it should have belonged? Because if we're gonna have a dystopic future category, I guess that's where it belongs. But it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time, so I decided to put it in there. Would um, you put Equilibrium and V from Vendetta in the same category? He's thinking. I withdraw the question. Let's move on. No, oh, <laughs> I say that the, one of the things about like sci a lot of things about sci fi movies is that science fiction movies usually have this uh, intense. Um, intense moral tale also about it's supposed to be reflective of some part of our society or some thing Mm -hmm. in our society like a like a potential downfall of our society right in the case of equilibrium it's relinquishing uh control of emotions in the case of uh v frendetta it's releasing control of personal liberty right for the both for the sake of security Mm -hmm. so in that way they are both dystopic sci-fi films uh however a lot of people, I think, would argue that V for Vendetta is not a science fiction film because there aren't a lot of science fiction components well, I don't, to it. I'm just saying, like the the political intrigue concept, like the social economic concepts right. of the movie, right? And how but they're, not both, specific, they're both cautionary equilibrium tales. is more sci-fi, and then the other one is not as sci-fi, right? Like, and I think it's because it, right because it's not dripping it it. it the world looks very much like our own, right? And in mm. science fiction, it, it typically looks aged or somehow yeah. very alternate. Even though Equilibrium has the science fiction aspect of, like, you don't really see, like, this wild technology stuff. It's just the no. society is sci-fi-esque. Right. And so and so that's, and that's exactly the point I was trying to make, which is, like, if V for Vendetta is not a sci-fi and it's not a hero movie and it's not a comedy and it's not a drama, like, what could it possibly be? It's just a movie and then it never gets to become a category? I think that's, I think that's unfair. I think it has a lot of components of what, of what makes most superhero movies superhero movies. And it, it also comes from a comic book if that's the only category, if that's the only thing you need, which some people, I guess, would say, no, you, you have to also be... I don't know, blessed with superpowers, which he is, swole. or you have to be swole, which he is. Like I, I don't know. Under, I, I, I really didn't mean to cause this giant existential conversation. I, I was just um, asking if you considered them in the same category. I didn't. I have one I, more I, question. I, I, I have a say, question. I would say yes. I would say yes and no. One more thing. One more thing, real quick. Aaron, 
Did you enjoy Megamind? Honestly, not that much. I. That's not my favorite movie either. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> and I, 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 I actually you guys don't I, even know what you're missing. I actually feel. I actually, feel, Luke, I actually feel it like twenty times. My kids watch it all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I actually feel lukewarm about The Incredibles. I think it's just fine. There's nothing great about Super. super I like both the of them, but I like Megamind more Much because more. it's not targeted at. Like the whole point, while it's satire, it's not just trying to copy the concept as where. <sighs> but like Incredibles does feel like a more realistic world to live in. Like it's mm-hmm. it's much more um, filled out, if you will. Like it feels lived in, and like there's much more like political drama involved, and like a little bit more realism. But like Mega Mind is more entertaining. And when I'm watching an animated movie, that's really well I'm going for most of the time. So. But like the the comedy, the the quickness of the movie, like Incredibles has some funny moments, but the funny moments are generally more situational comedy than like you know the dialogue comedy that Mega Mind has. I prefer dialogue comedy more often than not. Oh lo, it's hello. Oh hello, like that's a wonderful My old bit. Shul house. <laughs> like his inability to pronounce no. words is a wonderful bit. Right, but um, Jonah Hill and Will. Will Ferrell and yeah. uh, Brad Pitt. Like, there's so many great cast members in that movie, and I like the Incredibles cast as well. But Megamind, like I said, Megamind felt more like a Will Ferrell comedy, mm-hmm. um, and it has that kind of tone to it. Mm-hmm. So that's the part of it that, to me, doesn't feel as sharp as um, Incredibles does. Incredibles feels mm-hmm. sharp all around. Like that movie is fucking razor sharp. Like it just. It's amazing, great writing, all of that. Where Megamind has kind of some dumb shit that happens. Like, it's just kind of some dumb comedy in places that's just kind of like... It's probably appropriate and just well, silly, but... Well, know. one is like an homage to, and one is satire. So, like, sure, one is making fun it. of how silly it is. Yeah. And the other one is, like, trying to be realistic. Sure. So They're, they're two yeah. different movies, yeah. Yeah, it's no, fun. they're they're different. But they're both good. So, Parker... Okay. Whatever list you have that is just to win, you need to fucking burn. Because uh, Aaron really doesn't want to lose. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. no. The, I think this whole thought process, if you will, a little portion of the episodes are to... Uh, the whole point is opinions. Like, the, if you're Yes. Just and to potentially pure. give people who are listening like, oh, I've never thought about that or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, they yeah. like these two. I haven't watched the third. I'll probably like it. Um mm-hmm. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I was thrilled to absolutely kick all your asses week one. Um, probably because I didn't think I would. Um, but the goal is not to win. Okay. Uh, I, I did start it with the first thing I told myself was don't. Like, yes. don't try to metagame it. Don't try to metagame it because you, 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 I'm going to have that impulse also, to do so. Also, do we'll it. know when you're full of shit because I won't believe it. Okay, Your so there's going to be freak. some clicking noises. Don't freak out, Nigel. <laughs> I've got to do the final tally. Okay. Oh, I better do this in actual order, or else I'll fucking mess it up. Okay. 
I need to go to the Facebook page and count the Facebook votes. Uh, Tim wants to know why Unbreakable didn't even make the list. I mean, we could... It's kind of one of those things that there are so many movies. We had to pick yeah, three. Yeah, there's a lot. Now, and I, I like Unbreakable for what it is, but I honestly am not big on Unbreakable. I, I actually like Glass more. Um, yeah, Glass is, I would say, I is really better. Because like there's... I like the the pacing and the tone of Unbreakable and like the realism, but it's it's also just like yo, it's just really boring, honestly. It's slow. It's it's pretty slow. Mm-hmm. I mean, in most of the M Night Shyamalan movies, he's just telling a story that we've already known. He's just it's his retelling of a story. Like he likes telling stories that are stories. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you like those kind of things, then you like those things. It's fine. And I actually um, I do dig his his stories, but so by the Facebook votes, Jeremy wins. Yeah, so get the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. Yeah, and when you add those to the Discord, no, we're. I'm just saying of the different formats. Oh, okay. Jeremy wins. I can reset the reactions if you want. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll put them in there in the correct order. We'll see how it does by next week. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Jeremy got three votes on Facebook and Parker yes. got two and Aaron only got one. Yes. How many did you get? Huh? I got zero. Oh, okay. There's a monster bug. Monster bug? What? All right. On the podcast voting, we got... One for me, zero for Jeremy, one for Parker, and three for Aaron. And then Discord, uh, for the people on Discord, no, uh, it was heavily lopsided towards Aaron. Again, because for some reason people hate Blade. I don't get it. Okay, so officially, Aaron, your pick for the next format is sports movies? Uh, Yep. Alrighty. So, funny, serious, drama... Uh, just had to center or or have sports be one of the primary focuses of the movie. I wish I could refresh on some of these movies, man. I haven't seen these movies since I was like a kid. Um, okay, so let's see. Jeremy, you're up first. Okay, well, um, so these all pretty basically are going to have some sort of weird emotional connection. They may not be the best, but these are all the ones that when they're on TV, I will watch them start to finish regardless because they're fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Um, so I'm going to start with Rocky Four because it's the fucking bomb. Um, yeah, that, enough said. Fucking Rocky Four. It's acceptable. Still- I, I <laughs> think Rocky would rate pretty high in general. But yeah, I think Rocky Four is the best one, but that's just because the first one. I've seen the first one. It's hard to get through as a kid, so I haven't tried to rewatch it as an adult. But uh It's kind of fun to watch the first one knowing what happens to Rocky, like as a mm-hmm. as a concept, because it was an original interesting concept in my opinion. I know some people yeah. say it's it's all 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 movies or stories are just retelling other stories, but I think yeah. it was a really interesting take on the genre and it was fun to watch however i think if you would have like you said just been like hey let's watch this series called rocky and just like not knowing anything about it and just started with rocky one i would have went wow this was mm-hmm. pretty slow and like payoff, <laughs> yeah. payoff takes a while 
I honestly, the thing, like, it was slow, but it was the cringe moments for me were just like, oh my god, this is so awkward. Like, I don't know why I'm in this scene. Like, You're like, I'm the, pretty sure he's going to rape and kill that girl. Yeah, like, like I was <laughs> like, this is like a horror movie, right? And they're like, no, it's like a, it's like a feel-good movie. I'm like, this doesn't feel good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, Parker. Uh, mine also are very emotional, really tied to some... Um, some feelings my my first one is dodgeball a true underdog story mm, that's the money yep <laughs> i forgot about dodgeball uh and the feeling is just intense joy i love the, the one Ocho. one of the most quotable like movies of all time it's up there with like dumb and dumber for me i there's yeah it's so incredibly like every line just one after another also okay uh, an ensemble to- cast i forget like, I don't yeah. remember how many people are in it until I watch it again. I'm like, holy it's crap. It's so many. The Stapler guy's in it. Vince Vaughn. Um, Jason Bateman fucking, is in it. Like, everybody's in it. Yeah. It's also, um, what's his name? Alan Tudyk's in it. He uh-huh. plays Steve the Pirate. Rip, uh, Rip um, Torn, of course, plays that amazing. Rip Torn. Yeah. Oh, my God. Stephen Ro- okay. Root. Sorry. So many good people. It's amazing. We Yeah. There's the guy from the Apple commercials. Can't remember his name. Um, I will say it's Luke something. Anyway, we need to decide: Are we going to allow duplication on these? Yeah, no. we do. Wait, what? We do allow? Okay. No, we do need to decide. Oh, yeah. I thought we said no duplication, no, no, no matter what. No, crazy. we said if originally we said if everyone picks the same thing, we'll uh, veto and start and just open a new slot. That's right. But I think with how this has been going, I think it'd be better to allow no duplication, so it's more like a draft. Oof. Well, I need to go first next time. <laughs> Why do we already take dodgeball? Uh, so I had Rocky one and dodgeball yeah. as one and two on my list. So, mm. Mm. yeah. <laughs> well, don't worry. Rocky one will still be there next pick. <laughs> okay. All right, but yeah, what do we want to do? So, what's the vote? Does it? Does anyone not want duplication? I, I think feel not, like if we're I think doing the voting, okay. I think we're doing voting. It needs to be not duplication. I think not duplication. Okay. Okay, so in the future, we'll be doing these in reverse draft, snake draft order if they're going no duplication. Okay. Okay, so we're good with that. Nobody disagrees. Nobody wants to change anything. It's fine. Okay. Uh, Aaron, you're up. Well, oh, spoiler, it'll be Rocky, Rocky 1. Rocky 1. <laughs> now, I have to say, I was a little disappointed because uh, this was the second movie I saw Stallone in after The Italian Stallion. So not the movie I was expecting. Uh, but uh, a very, very good uh, movie, obviously nominated for Academy Awards. Please uh, tell me you're referring to a shitty porno <laughs> when you say the Italian stallion. Yeah, that was his first okay. movie. Um, yeah, so everything you guys said, it's a little awkward, especially younger, best because it's actually a good film. No, I, I know it's yeah. a good cinematic film. I, yeah. It's highly respected. <laughs> I don't have anything against Rocky. It's just it's not for me. Sure. And I know that. Yep. So anyway, I'll, and, and it just kickstarted the franchise, and I appreciate mm-hmm. the originals of uh, the series, other than Star Trek. Um, Same thing. Like I can't watch Goodfellas. I can't watch Blade Runner because I saw them like within the last two years. Like it's just sure. like they do. In my opinion, they really do not hold up, and so it's just it's so hard for me to watch them in a vacuum. Um, yep. Okay. Anyway, enough about Rocky. <sighs> All right, well, two of the movies I was thinking about naming are gone. Um, all right, which one am I sure you guys are going to pick? So I get two picks. Um, 
we're going to go with any given Sunday. Which I'm not a huge fan of, but I thought was good. That was a good and, one. Uh, that was a, uh, a, a really strong one. I'm just not like a diehard fan of it. Like, I liked the movie. It had a lot of great speeches with like Al Pacino and everything. Um, and so it's definitely good. And it's mainly like the locker room speech he gives in the last game is is like ten out of ten. That uh-huh. that is a really I think this was one of those movies that was one of the things about sports movies that happened to sports movies that I don't know if I appreciated mm-hmm. is they kind of got co opted as let's appeal to guys as hard as we can movies. And I feel mm-hmm. like any given Sunday was like near the start of that where they're just gonna like we're gonna make sure this is as macho and full of as much appeal to machismo as we possibly can. And is that what it you does. got out of that movie? Uh, I think it, I think it's very much about like I think the power male fantasy definitely like reverberates a I lot. Mean, the, the the speech the, the speech is a really good example of that. Um, sure, but the like the starting quarterback for the team is like having severe like personal issues about his own confidence and stuff throughout the whole movie. Which is a, it's go ahead. So you're supposed to look down on that character. That's what you felt. No, no, it, it's okay. it's very much an appeal again to the male persona, right? This idea that men have to be confident, they have to be fantastic, they always have to be showing up, they always have to be performing, and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, pressure, responsibility that goes along with that. That's a it's just it's a theme that appeals to men, I think. I think it appeals it probably appeals to women also, but I think the fact that it's a sports movie was not lost on the producers of it. And the fact that it was going to appeal to a male audience, I think, uh, I think there is a difference between the sports movies that were made in the '80s and a sports movie that were made in the late '90s and 2000s. And I think part of that was appeal. They were trying to appeal to male egos, specifically, hoping that males would appreciate it more, so that they would go and see them. Okay, um, I'm trying to think of a single movie that isn't true of that has any kind of male lean, but I guess I see your point. I think that's just pretty true of all media and not just movies about sports. Yeah, maybe I'm making this up. Maybe maybe I'm making it up. Because... I, I don't think you're wrong. I just I, I I just think that's literally true of every movie that we could basically name. Oh, that just like just in general there's a yeah, like, it, like it's true, but like that's just like saying like every movie is sexist in at least some level. Like, yeah, because mm. they every female has to have a lump interest, every man has to be tough. Like, yes, it's true. I just I I not saying that your point is invalid. I'm just saying I don't know how relevant it is because all of these movies are generally very macho in that. So you're right, but like I think that's pretty okay. obvious. That, I think that, that's, that's just unfortunately the, me- the the media we get given is just that way. Okay, maybe I just have a maybe I just have a memory of it, or, or uh, like whenever I whenever this movie shows up in popular clips for me today, it's always that scene, right? It's always the the, the sure, the, but like scene. like the, what I actually got from the movie is like showing how not healthy that is. Like there's right. a lot of scenes where they point out, I was like, dude, this guy's literally going to kill himself because he refuses to not admit that he needs help. Right. Like like he's going like the one guy who keeps getting concussions, like the guy played by a Lawrence Taylor is like, dude, you're gonna die on the field, and like the trainer's okay with that because he wants to get money. Like it's it's really dark for that reasoning, mm. and so that's part of the reason I like the movie is because it points out the problems with the the industry. Anyway, um, so my second pick, I'm going with the replacements. That's a good one. Fuck I, you guys, God Almighty! But um, so the, I like the replacements. Uh, it I haven't seen it in a very long time, but it's got my boy Keanu, and uh, <laughs> but it's it's very entertaining. 
And um, I mean, at the time, I didn't know much about football. This was before I became a football fan because I watched it when I was a kid. But it was entertaining at the time. All right, Aaron, you're up. Well, I have to give props to both your and Parker's picks because dodgeball and replacements are excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'm going to dive into the barrel a little bit. We're going to go with a league of their own. Okay, I like that one. It is charming, witty, little sentimental, a little formulaic, but uh, I don't know anyone who sits down and watches that movie and doesn't, at the end of it, say they had a good time. Oh, no, yeah, very solid thing. So it's not winning awards, but uh, uh, it's my choice. Like if yeah, I it was on my short list. I really really like that movie. Uh, uh, you said it's a little formulaic. One of the things I actually say I de- departure from it. Spoiler alert: two of the main characters that you mean to care about very much actually end up becoming adversaries at the end, and the one you follow the most actually loses, which I always thought was kind of interesting. As a as a young person, I I noticed at the end of the movie that it wasn't the conclusion I thought it was, because the character that seems to need to win because you follow them so much is actually the one that loses, which is not mm-hmm. what a sports movie typically has in it. Sure. Cool. Parker, you're up. Uh, speak, speaking of movies in which the, the main character loses, but wins anyway. Uh, my, one of my favorite ones ever is 10 cup. Uh, that was on my list. Kevin Costner. Uh, I love the movie 10 cup. 10 cup also go, uh, harkens back to a time in which in my own life, personally, I used to watch a lot of films with my father and he loved the movie Tin Cup because of one of his favorite things is, is kind of disreputable characters. He likes characters that are from the middle of nowhere and come from nothing and show up to big games or show up to big events or show up when somebody needs them. And they kind of go about things in a backwoods, um, you know, hick, I guess is another way to put it, kind of method. And it still is effective, right? Because you could be effective and still come from these backgrounds and that appeals to him a lot. So I, I know that's one of the reasons why the theme of the movie that appeals to him a bunch, but we also were just huge Kevin Costner fans. I still am. I can't not love Kevin Costner, the man. So I but. picked replacements cause I didn't think replacements was going to get back to me. And I thought tin cup might. <laughs> so, so thanks for ruining everything. Uh, Jeremy, you're up. You get two picks. Finish out your list. Two, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. Man, I've got so many good ones here. Um, a plethora. I do. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This one is all about the feels when I first saw it, and then I saw it with my kids, and I got feels again. Uh, Sandlot. Mm-hmm. The, the Sandlot fucking. Oh like, man! The first time I saw that, it was like, dude, this is this is life, right? Like mm-hmm. this is the what. It's like what you wished it was when you grew up. But really what it was was kids tackling each other and beating the shit out of you because you weren't the yeah. cool kid. But, mm-hmm. like, you wanted that so bad. You wanted to be a part of a baseball team or a team or whatever. And, you know, it was just great. And it had the neighbor with the scary dog, all that shit. And then watching it with my kids, and they loved the movie too. It just, oh, my God. Like, it's the quintessential, like, coming-of-age baseball family. Like, it's great. Um, so there's that one. Um I'm not going to do another baseball one. I've got several here. We're going to go to like baseball a, ones. Yeah. Oh God. No, there's so many good ones, man. I got a monstrous list. Uh, mm. I'm going to go with an offbeat one. That's probably gonna get my list rejected, nice. but I love it. I love the movie, the wrestler. Y'all know I like oh. the re- dude. The wrestler's fucking amazing. Isn't it the super dark one? Yes. 
Yeah. So good. I've, I haven't seen it. I've been meaning to. Oh, fuck, man. Like, that's a behind-the-scenes, gritty, realistic, like, shit goes south, and you just watch this guy climb from, he's the top to the bottom, trying to be the top again, back to the bottom, just gritty. Oh, man. And as someone who really enjoyed watching wrestling in the 90s, like, it just is kind of a, a dirty behind-the-scenes look at it. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that director's known for just being the dramata, or the drama kind of master of that stuff. So, cool. those are mine. Alright, Parker. Final pick. Uh, my maybe one of my favorite movies of all time, I say the best for last, I'm glad I didn't get picked, is Caddyshack. I love Ooh, nice. the movie Caddyshack. I know I had two golf uh two golf movies but i don't care uh they just <laughs> i love the movie caddyshack so much rodney dangerfield just everything he says is amazing and then chevy chase is just one of the most amazing characters he ever plays is is his character for caddyshack and it makes me mad that i can't remember his name right now but wait which character uh chevy chase's character um Oh, um, no, I gotta, I gotta remember. Fuck me. Yeah, I can't remember. And of course, Bill Murray's iconic yeah. role as the groundskeeper. Like, there are so many things in that movie. Uh, Ty Webb, that's Chevy Chase's mm-hmm. uh, character names. But there are so many parts of that movie that just every single time I watch it, still today, it ages so well. And some of the movies from that era, some of the jokes, you kind of cringe so much because they're so tone deaf. Uh, but mm-hmm. somehow this movie is timeless in its humor and its comedy it's it, it requires no tone it's just super fucking funny and um the drama around the golf courses is, is perfect perfect tone perfect execution all these actors in their heyday just knocking it out of the park all right aaron last pick okay i uh, i sent you guys a picture in the podcast channel can any of you tell me who that person is on the left the guy in focus, the guy out of focus. In focus. Um, no, I've never seen whatever that is. So You I'm, have never seen this film, but I guarantee you have seen that person. Probably, I guess. I cannot. Can you tell me what else they've been in? Just one, one other thing? Uh, yes, uh, the MCU. And if you want more specific, I can do more specific. Is that the guy who played Thor? No. <laughs> I kind of see it. Uh... All right, more specific. Uh, Daredevil season two. Is that Vincent? Yes, it is. Oh, my God. So my pick, number three, is a movie called The Blood of Heroes. Uh, oh, you've this, been talking about this one this for a while. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> so for anyone listening or podcast members, uh, you can stream this for free on Vudu, uh, which your uh, smart TV probably has already on its channel, or you can just download the app. Uh, this is starring a very young uh, Vincent D'Onofrio uh, and a relatively middle-aged Rucker Hauer uh, in what can only be described as post-apocalyptic Blood Bowl. And if um, you're not already fucking hard, then you need to delete this podcast because you're not my type of fan. Um, is this a sports movie? This I don't know if gladiatorial combat is sports. I said Blood sport. Bowl. Yeah, that's not a sport. It was the first sport. You're dead to me. (laughs) Fucking dead. I mean, I was in with Vincent. Like, I love that guy. I love Vincent too. But okay, let's see. I have to look this up now. This is gonna be such a waste. I made him watch Mastermind. (laughs) 
Megamind for sure. <laughs> See, I watched them both. Like Mastermind and Megamind. <laughs> like, uh, is Spartacus a fucking sports movie? Like, yes. Watch yes. the fucking movie and then tell me it's not a sports movie. All right, hold on. I'm watching the trailer. Oh, my God. So, for the listeners while you're watching, um, my wife, girlfriend at the time, we're like 15 or something, uh, we, I rented this movie and wanted to watch it again or show it to her back in the 1980s. It came out in 89, so maybe early 90s. Anyway, she went wow. to Blockbuster at the time and said, there's this weird thing about, you know, violent, like, and she described the sport. I won't go into it for the viewer, the listeners right now. Keep it as a surprise. Uh, and the guy was like, oh, that, that sounds like a David Webb film. Sure enough, he's a producer. And so this random employee at Blockbuster was able to find this completely obscure movie I'd seen once and wanted to show her. Uh, so it's always been kind of a, like, she went out of her way as a relatively introverted, you know, teenager to to talk to strangers, which can be hard, uh, to find the movie that a friend, not even an intimate boyfriend, wanted to watch with wow. her. So, so this movie will always uh, hold a special place in my heart for that reason uh, and the fact that it's fucking Blood Bowl. Basically. You did it. You finally, you, you did it. Okay. Uh, is this the moment where we can talk? <laughs> Uh, have you watched it yet? And by it, I mean the, I entire, the entire movie? The trailer. Uh, then, no, this yeah. is one million percent not a fucking sports movie. <laughs> this, this is, is literally this just is Mad Max. J- no. This is Thunderdome Mad Max shit. <laughs> like, no. they're literally Ooh, swinging I could, I could weapons at Mad each Max. Other. All right, Mad Max is my pick now. That's, <laughs> this is a sports movie. Is this the whole reason you pick sports movies? Yes. No. <laughs> okay, but, I won't. Can I either confirm or deny? Okay, uh, Bassmasters. Well, Bassmasters is now my pick. Bassmasters. <laughs> uh, whatever that weirdo guy that drinks Hold Diet on. Coke is uh, my new favorite sports actor, then I don't know. <laughs> what okay. little entertainment comes from a brutal sport known as the game? Blah, 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 I'm a, blah, blah. I'm blah. officially voting to veto this from the selection. <laughs> yeah, no. I, uh, I veto as the guy. Hey, Jeremy, I need you to vote yes or no on a veto. Uh, No. You're voting no on veto. No veto. Why? Why are you voting no? I do not. Ha- I abstain. <laughs> All right. So now I just need Parker. No, Parker, wait. please say this wait. is not a sport movie. I. Okay. No. Wait. Hold on. Wait. No one's going to vote for him if he picks this movie. Never mind. I'm good with it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, you don't this know is what actually this is what I was about to say, which is I cannot, in good conscience, allow him not to choose this after I picked V for Vendetta, and no okay. one agrees. It's a, no one agrees it's a superhero movie. No. This, to be fair, we we were we voted two to one on that that yeah. to not kick that out. True. I am actually voting not to veto this one. That he can do this one because it it is about. Uh, up and coming group of people trying to join a league of of sport. That's not what the trailer said. The trailer just it literally I'm, shows Mad Max I'm ignoring, the entire time. The, the summary <laughs> starts with in a future where most of mankind and technology is wiped out. Six people travel from place to okay, place, Aaron, and then if you only cared about Blood Bowl, why don't you just pick Rollerball, which is literally Blood Bowl? Watch the fucking movie. Oh my god, it looked so bad. All right, are we ready for the rest? Like we get a whole, we get to do honorable mentions. I'm so upset. <laughs> I've never been less upset.
had to fucking take dodgeball, you fucking asshole. <laughs> so everyone here forgot about No, money. no, no. I, I, I have my last pick. Oh, pick. Do it. I'm thinking. We were arguing about a goddamn Mad Max Thunderdome. I'm trying not to pick a third football movie, but that leaves a short list. Um, how do you spell this? I have to look it up. R U D Y. Okay, fine. Uh, I picked Talladega Nights. I that was really, on my list. really, really thought about picking um, Happy Gilmore. But since Parker yeah. picked five golf movies, I guess I, guess I better pick Talladega Nights. Okay, he, now, you, raised, now you can do your, your honorable mentions. Where he raises horses who are also gay. <laughs> I believe it's dogs, but yes. No, it's horses. I, I'm pretty sure it's dogs. Are you talking about the guy's husband? Yes. No, yeah, they do. A, he he trains German shepherds who are also gay. Oh God! Uh, um, y'all, y'all forgot. Um, here's something that you forgot. Mm. Um, Moneyball. I like not... Moneyball, but I didn't think I would get votes for Moneyball. And also, oh. like, I definitely no, no, no. I really, really like Talladega Nights. Okay, I like do. Moneyball, but Talladega Nights is like one of my favorite movies. Uh, okay, Unnecessary yeah. Roughness. Never seen it. Ooh, oh, yes. Jesus that's Christ. A sleep, that's a sleeper pick. I'll replace uh, Bloody Heroes with that for you. No, you will not. <laughs> uh, Hoosiers? Never I, seen it. Hoosiers is on the list. This is why like, dude, there's like a list of 10 movies I was going to watch this week. I didn't know we were doing the votes this week. I would have tried to watch one or two of them. I really uh, want to see the the under American Underdog uh, movie yeah. about um, Kurt Warner. Um, here's one Major Fucking League. Major League. Not top three, though. Not top three. Not top three, but could be included. This is honorable mentions. Well, Jeremy's like, you guys fucking forgot them. Like, no, we didn't. They just didn't make the cut. Uh, Major League's pretty goddamn good, though. The thing is, is if it depends. Are you a drama person? What kind of person? Like, you don't know. Remember the Titans, I know, is usually up there, too. I've seen it once when I was a kid. Oh, I forgot that one. That should have been on my list. That makes me upset that I forgot it. Uh, I tell you what, I'll trade you for <laughs> Tin Cup. Nope. I love Tin yeah, Cup too much. Good. The Water Boy? Water Boy was just behind Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think the whole like selection of comedy um, sports movies, that's its own animal. Like I, I mm-hmm. had a whole laundry list, and I'm just like, well, I can't. So yeah. after we get through all the broad categories, then we'll start narrowing it down, and we'll do yeah. like you know comedy sport movie or comedy action movie or whatever, or like satire movies. Like, like I. So personally, I know what I'm picking if I win this week. Like I know exactly what category I'm picking, and I'm very excited because I've got my top three fucking dialed in. <laughs> Dramas that start with the letter Q. <laughs> yeah, Care Bears on Ice. <laughs> So for drama sports, uh, Invincible. Invincible was good, but again, it's like below Remember the Titans and all that. Yeah. Uh, Million Dollar Baby. I Haven't always watch that yeah. every time mm-hmm. it's on. Fantastic. Uh, I actually, oh, a sleeper one that I found once that I, I've watched it again now. It's great. Is Whip It. You guys ever see Whip It? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's actually a movie about roller derby with an ensemble, like all female cast. Uh, Drew Barrymore, Kristen Wiig, Juliette Lewis, 
Um, oh, I remember Shaw that. Cat. I never yeah. saw it, but I remember it. Yeah, uh, Elliot Page is the main character. Um, it's it's fantastic. It's really really good. Um, Whip it. Whip it was my, Whip it Mighty is Ducks. I thought about D two. Um, D two. Angels Angels in the Outfield. That's a. Filler. I hate that fucking movie. <laughs> I, I worked at the movie theater. I was like the first movie I ever saw that was a sports movie, yeah. and I thought it was great when I was a kid, and I rewatched yeah. it years later. I'm like, oh my god, this movie is terrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did you guys ever see? It's so bad. Did you guys ever see the uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, college humor made a short and it it takes place in the locker room and uh, it the, it's called like uh, in the locker room of the team that loses to like the feel good <laughs> kids movies and so and so yeah and so it's one time I he goes I think I was flying they like I was the flying they had angels there were apparitions everywhere I think one of them <laughs> gave I think one of them gave Billy a wedgie and he's like I hurt so much that angel hurt me so much <laughs> and another one is another one uh, of course fast forwards and now they're playing basketball he's just like that dog bit me he bit me really hard and he's like dunking on us and like jumping on our bodies we can't guard a dog and he's like, I know, but apparently there's no rules, and they're like, the dogs can't play basketball. Like it's just a bunch of, like it's just a bunch of, mm-hmm. of of the other team that loses to the gimmicky kids yeah. crap. I six yeah. man where there's he has his dead brother's ghost is playing <laughs> basketball with them, right. and he doesn't count as a player because right. he's a ghost. So it's six on five. <laughs> it's also very hard to guard a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for one of you guys to say Airbud as a joke, and I was yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Space everyone Jam. knows it's Airbud three. Airbud three, the rebuttoning, mm-hmm. slam duck. What's the? It's got to be one with Shaq, right? You know, Shaq Fu or something. Um, man, I actually was curious what you guys thought oh, about like the, the um... is the Karate Kid count like is it a sports no. movie? No, no. That's what uh, I, I didn't. I didn't think Blood so. Blood Bowl is a sports movie. Then Karate it's a, Kid sure it's a, the fuck is. Yeah, it's a martial arts movie. Oh wait, well if I was saying Blood Sport, if Blood if, Sport, if Blood Sport is, the then name. I think I think the Running Man has to be right. <laughs> oh my the god, yes. film the Running You're Man. Goddamn right. It's this just, is why Blood of Heroes doesn't belong on this list. Uh, now that <laughs> it would have been, open. you could have actually used it to compete with those other movies that oh are very similar to it. Yeah. The Running Man. The running Forget man. all my other picks. Dude. Yeah. Now I'm doing Running Man. <laughs> so that trade all three of the picks I made for Running Man. So, <laughs> I actually thought about Running Man and d- decided it was a game show, not a so sport. Sci-fi. Yeah, uh-huh. sci-fi sure. action. So it wasn't a sport because there was no competition yeah. as a team or like a. I, I get it. It was a you compete against the other people to to survive. Sure, I wouldn't call so Hunger Games Hunger a Games, sport. Yeah, exactly. It's not a sport. Yeah. Wait, no, it's an action movie. Uh, Saw. I'm, <laughs> I'm also now choosing Saw. <laughs> I feel like one of these days uh, I'm just going to finally I actually think, veto something. I think we figured this out. Excellent. I will. Ex- okay. I will accept all of your apologies next week when you realize <laughs> how awesome the Blood of Heroes is. Okay. I'm not watching that shit. Hold on. I think I think Cars also has to be in this conversation. I will right? kill you. I will fucking murder you. It's technically a sports movie. Like it's not. Isn't it? No. Okay. Uh would you call when people compete, not cars. Would you call would you call Rush? Would you call Rush a sports movie? Yes. Okay. Harry Potter Goblet it, of so Fire. It's very low bar. Yeah. Okay. I do Quidditch. 
Harry Potter Goblet of Fire, motherfucker. Catch it. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Catch hold, on, it. hold on, hold on. Uh, rounders. All right, I'm oh, in with that too. Is that graph the rest of everything? That's if, the Matt Damon poker movie. I know. I love. I love I'm rounders, but is that a sports movie? Pretty sure poker is legally considered a sport. Oh my god! What a weird. Do not splash the pot. Do not. I will splash the pot whenever I fucking. You want to are work. shit piece. <laughs> his terrible Tay accent. The man. His money. Yeah, that's a fantastic. Yeah. Oh, Ford oh, versus yeah. Ferrari. If we're if we can get Ford versus Ferrari movies, is good. I love a few racing movies. Ford versus Listen, there Ferrari has to be a ball. Good. There has to be a ball. Okay, from now on, that's a rule. <laughs> he said anything related to sports because I know no, he no. was trying to get his said, goddamn blood of heroes in there. I said focused on sports. Okay. Not that they were like there was football in the background on the TV in some drama that they were having. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Uncut Gems, is that considered a sports movie? I've never seen it. Maybe. Uh, so, um, Adam Sandler plays the worst human alive. <laughs> it was much better. <laughs> uh, I think that's an apt description. Worst human alive. Yeah, he's pretty bad. He he's brings bad. his kid over to his apartment while him and his wife are separated, and he meets his, like, live-in hooker or something. It's, like, really awkward. <laughs> Oh my wait. God. Anyway, uh, wait. Hold he, on. He runs like a pawn shop or a jewelry store, and um, he is like borrows money from the mob to bet on basketball games, and he ends up. It's it's a dark movie, but it's it's really good. Uh, I've got it. Best one. <clears throat> uh, a group of surfers get together for a competition I, that leads yeah. that goes too far. Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Point Break must be a sports movie. <laughs> a group of surfers. <laughs> That's a surfing movie. <laughs> it's a surfing movie. I'm in. I buy This it. is more of a sports movie than Blood of Heroes. Yeah. <laughs> I, Ooh, I will oh, not. Oh. No, I actually want to change my third pick if we're allowing if we're allowing Blood of Heroes, I choose Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> Down on his luck man finds way to to, to make I'm actually gonna IMDB Gladiator now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i feel like this is one of those someone picked at the tape and like <laughs> let me see what we can get if we just allow this little blood of heroes thing <laughs> and suddenly jeremy has saw he has gladiator uh, i'll take point a break. lot i'll take point break again i await your apologies <laughs> oh, oh my God! Hey, uh, Jeremy, do you know why the scuba divers fall off backwards out of the boat? No, Brandon, I don't know why they fall off. Because if they fell forwards, they'd still be in the boat. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go ahead and get out of here, please. All right, good night, everybody. Good night. Night. Night.